Roxanne Harrison. Yes? You are in a space you suspect might be the void of time, but there's definitely been some redecorating between now and the last time you saw it. I've been in a lot of voids. This one is a lot less empty than any other void you've ever been in. It's gone from stark, almost perfect white to this infinitely deep black and blue mash of a night sky. And to complete the image of the night sky, there are stars. Billions of them, trillions, they're moving too fast for you to count. They are out there, and they are numerous. The table's gone. Just as far as you can tell, turning your head around. And... Oh, there's four people here, counting yourself. There's you, and you, and you are not quite standing. Your feet aren't touching anything solid across from each other, face to face, far enough apart that you couldn't reach out and touch hands, but not so far apart that you'll need to yell to talk to each other. And then forming the other points, the other arms of a little cross shape are the two time wizards, Greta and Nalkovia. They are facing each other. There's a point of concentration, sort of at the intersection of all of your gazes. There isn't anything there. That's sort of where all of your minds meet. How you doing? A little bit nervous. But hey, it's finally happening. Like, get this done. Get on with my life. The two of you can just kind of stare at each other for a moment before Greta finally speaks up. I would like to give the both of you one last chance to back out. There is no reversing this process once it is done. I'm... I'm... No, I'm, I'm still good if she's still good. Yeah, no, I think I'm good. I, uh... I mean, it feels like it was just a second ago, but yeah. No, I'm I'm still ready for all this to be done. Now Kovia starts, you know, warming up her joints, doing some small stretches. The timepiece, she, she still has the timepiece. It's behind her now. She's not sitting on it. The cover for the face is flipped all the way up and the hands are just kind of ticking placidly behind her. She does a big old stretch, getting her arms spread apart. So, you two do not have anything to do for this entire procedure. 
And in fact, I would like to implore the both of you to not do anything during this entire thing to the best of your abilities. Because out of the three of you, the two of you are the most volatile and have the best ability to screw this process up if you start involving yourselves. I never really thought of myself as very volatile. And she said it before I could, sorry. The both of you changed your true names, and by extension, the entirety of how your being is expressed upon the physical world. At least compared to the other two, Roxanne Harrison is a highly volatile individual. Huh. I mean, yeah. Guess we can't argue. So, don't say anything in true speech. Don't transform. Don't do anything. Please. Sit still, shut up, and wait for it all to be over. Well, when you put it like that, it just sounds crass. Sit still, shut up, and wait for it all to begin. Sure, fine. Let's just get this done. She rolls her wrists, and Roxanne, you can feel the moment the casting starts, even before the two wizards begin to actually move. Greta's motion is simpler. She just kind of rolls her shoulders back, and in that singular motion, spreads her arms wide, palms facing each other she slowly begins to move her hands inward. Now, Kovi has something considerably flashier and more complicated. She twists her hands in a circle in front of her, and a line follows them, forming the beginnings of some sort of magical circle, the likes of which you've seen Steiner work with plenty of times. And she works it further and it fills with lines and sigils and dials that she tunes in ways that you can't quite decipher, but it's a very practiced motion. And as the two of them start, you begin to feel a pull from within. It isn't physical. It isn't even yourself. It's something deeper than that. It's your history is being pulled forward towards the you that is standing across from you. And as the seconds of the cast tick on, now Kovia's movements become faster and faster and more frantic, her hands becoming a blur of working and the lines and dials and sigils within the circle in front of her speed up their movements, their transformations to the point of as far as your eyes, even your angelic eyes can tell are just a blur. And the whole time Greta is just slowly slowly bringing her hands together and once they are a scant few inches apart time 
jumps between them, lines of it, like arcs of electricity between electrodes. And her hands come closer and closer and closer, and now Kovia gets faster and faster and faster, until the moment Greta's palms touch, and Roxanne Harrison experiences a loss of continuity. No sensation, no thought, nothing. And then it comes back. Then you come back. And it's just the one of you. Turned 90 degrees, you are now looking Greta in the eye, now Kovia behind you, and the hairs on the back of your history are standing on end as now Kovia is sparking, coming off of her casting. And it's just the one of you. This feels weird. Uh, I mean, this feels like normal, but there's this part of my body, my brain, that is kind of like expecting my body to feel a little bit different. And oh. Okay, I'm gonna need some time to process some of this stuff. If you would like to sit down, a chair has been provided. Why do I feel like everybody else has sat in this chair? Because everybody else has sat in this chair. It is a mm. very good chair. Mmm. Okay. Okay. I'm not so rude that I'll turn down a chair when I'm offered. You can flop down into it, and it is just the nicest, plushest chair you've ever sat in in your life. Now Kovia kind of flies a little ways past your head, does a 180, so she's flying backwards. There's a footrest, and under the left arm rest, there's controls for heating and massage and all that. Take your time. She flies over to float next to Greta, and the two of them just kind of back off a little bit. I'm just sort of doing this mental inventory right now. Nothing's been subtracted. But at the same time, it almost feels like nothing's been added exactly. You are definitely the person you agreed on becoming, you can tell as you take this inventory. The memories, experiences, feelings from the dead timeline. Everything back in the primordial wilds, all the extra time in the Deadlands. It's it's all present, but it isn't too present. It's 
muted. You don't get the feeling like it happened to somebody else. It's more like... It's more like it happened so long ago that... You... Kind of feel like shrugging about it a little bit. Yeah. It's just a little bit... I mean, I've just got, you know, two years of almost parallel time. I'm trying to go over in my head and piece together what happened and what was supposed to happen and what really happened. The six months after that is something else to go over, but it's not... Or, I guess, the year after that? Oh, anyway. The six months after that is a little easier to piece together, but... Okay, that's... Okay, Silas Cutler. I know who Silas Cutler is. And he's dead. Good, fuck that guy. That feels weird. Okay. Okay. If I keep sitting down for much longer, I'm gonna fall asleep. I need to... I need to get up. Greta calls over from where she's standing a little ways off. You can feel free to fall asleep. It is fine. We are under no time pressure here. You know what? Actually, I spent all this time doing so many things. Maybe I will just take a nap. And Roxanne falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, the two time wizards will just kind of give you soft smiles and you can fade off and take a nap in this really nice chair. You have no idea how much time passes, but you wake up feeling relaxed and rested. <sighs> that was an in-real-life stretch. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> okay, I'm awake. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I'm good now. Where? Greta? Narcovia? Over here. Oh, okay. Okay. The landscape hasn't changed and they haven't moved very far. Okay, um... Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I needed that nap. So... I guess... This is it, then. The two of them float over to you and Greta nods. This is it, yes. <sighs> it's... Weird that we're not going to, like... 
run into each other again, I guess. But, uh... Thank you. Both of you. For your help. It was my pleasure. Now Kovia just kind of shrugs, but she's got a smile on her face. I guess if we ever meet again, it's going to be a, a different you that I meet. Yes. You and this instance of Greta Steiner will not meet again. But if Edwin chooses to create his own Greta Steiner at some point, and if you are still alive at that time, you will meet some version of me. And inevitably, that version will come back here to me. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not very good at goodbyes. So, um, I already said thank you. Um, <sighs> good luck. And good luck to you. You finally have your life all to yourself. I don't know quite about that, but yeah. More to yourself than it has ever been, at least. Fair enough. I hope what you make of it makes you happy. I wouldn't settle for anything else. And she extends her hand and as you finish saying that, she smiles at you. And you are back in the spring court. Ooh. I mean, I, I was just here, but God, it feels like I haven't been here in weeks. So, Roxanne Harrison, what's first for you? Well, I think I'm gonna go home, actually. All right. I, I do recall leaving a letter for uh, the Fay I was staying with. Essentially saying, I have to go do something. I apologize if I'm weird when I come back. Right, okay, I should go say goodbye then. And <laughs> get my stuff together. Yep, yep. There is a complication, though. Oh? And that's... You take a step and then trip. Uh? You are graceful enough that you can catch yourself before you hit the ground. And as you... There definitely wasn't something there. You turn to look at whatever just tripped you. There's a large egg. <gasps> My egg! I snatch it up. You can feel something inside moving around. Almost, I, I mean, I did forget, but oh my gosh, my egg. Egg. I need to get you home. Okay, uh, itinerary. Go pack up my things. Go home. Uh, see how everyone's doing. If I can feel something moving, that means it's about to hatch. Okay, I gotta, I, I better get moving. <laughs> you can power walk back to the 
literal treehouse that you've been staying in. And it's right about at the time that you cross the threshold inside that you start hearing cracking noises. Oh my gosh. Is, uh, is the person I'm staying with there? Let's say yes. Yes, they're here. They're not in the room, though. You can hear them, let's say, in the kitchen, making a late breakfast. I kind of just, like, raise my voice to yell through the house, and I just go, Hello, uh, I'm back. Hello, welcome back. Yes, hi, um, this is kind of short notice, but I'm actually going to be leaving now. Um, I suddenly realized I've got a thousand things that I need to go take care of. Uh, including an egg hatching in my hands right now. Uh... What? Do you hear some clattering? Yes, um... This kind of short elf, like, quickly walks into the room, drying their hands off on a towel that's wrapped around their waist. Yes, uh, I didn't... I forgot that... about this egg that I'm kind of in the care... I am... it is in my care... And, uh, it appears to be hatching, so I need to go and get it home to my place back on, uh, well, you know, not here. So I'm going to, I gotta scoop my stuff up, and thank you so much for letting me stay, and, uh, oh my gosh, if you ever need anything, please don't, please feel free to, uh, I, I don't even know how you'd reach out to me, but... Oh my gosh, thank you so much for your hospitality. Uh... Yeah. Um, take care, be well. Good luck with your egg. Thank you. I got a little bit of experience caring for... Uh... Magical misfits, in this case. So. (laughs) A big old crack, like, forms from the top of the egg and runs down the side of it. Ah. Did I ever come up with a name for you? I'm kind of like... While I'm doing this, I kind of just like shift into six-armed form and I'm holding the egg with two hands while packing with my (laughs) other arms. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Using your preternatural speed to get packed up before the egg actually hatches. Oh, yes, not that preternatural. I don't want to shake an egg. Very careful not to shake the baby. baby. (laughs) Alright, well, by the time you do have your stuff packed up, you've got just a couple seconds before this thing breaches. Um... Can I just teleport? You can. Yeah, um... I just say, uh, I'll be back to having a real conversation later. Thank you. Bye. And I just teleport out. (laughs) (laughs) Poof. Right back into SoCal. (laughs) Where are you aiming? Front door. Well, uh, entryway. How about that? Rather than front door. Yeah, I was going to say outside or inside. Inside. Okay. Just, uh, poof. Hello, I'm home, I've got an egg. Emery was, for once in their fucking life, chilling out in front of the TV. They kind of 
start at your sudden appearance and also announcement, and they scramble to turn backwards on the couch. Uh, um, do, do you need a place to put it? Um, no, I've got, I fish out, like, a ratty little sweater and, like, uh, that I packed away, and I just, like, set it on the counter, and I start, and I just make, like, a little bit of a warm spot for it to break its shell where it's not gonna get eggshell everywhere. And I'm just, like, right. I set myself up in front of it. Maggie comes bounding down the stairs, and she's clutching Milo and Ancora, both in her arms, just holding them back. And then one piece of the eggshell just pushes out and falls down. You can see the little beak, little lizard beak, just pushing. And a little more breaks and falls away, and a little more breaks, falls away. And then the lizard's head just pushes out through the gap. And it's bright green baby frilled lizard. The frills extend and wiggle a little bit, and it makes this high-pitched little honk at you. You know what, maybe, maybe I'm just going to have to figure this out later. I... don't have to immediately name a baby lizard. Figure out how it acts before I give it a name. Yeah? It's... I don't think it's smart enough to not know it's been named. I mean, I don't think I gave Ankara a name for a couple weeks. Reach over and, like, pet Ankara. She nips at your fingers a little bit. I know, you know, I've been gone. Don't be such a baby. She is literally baby. The lizard pushes a few more chunks of eggshell away. Waddles out in the weird splayed-legged walk that those kinds of lizards do before falling forward onto all fours. Oh my gosh. Still looking at you. Mm. Head tilting this way and that. Uh, hello? Honks at you again. I am not going to cry. I don't care how cute this is, I'm not going to cry. I... I I swear I've heard you say exactly that before. I don't remember, so it must not have happened. No, no, it definitely happened. Mmm, I think you're misremembering. Oh my gosh, what do you... what do you... Uh, uh, uh... Roxanne just, like, fishes out of her phone... <laughs> fishes out of her phone. How to care for baby lizard. <laughs> all right, all right. Additional Google search. Does this apply if it's magic? <laughs> if it's a frilled lizard, if it's any, if it if it, it's anything like an actual frilled lizard, you're gonna want to feed it. It's gonna be mostly crickets until it's about a year old, in which case you should start weaning it off of crickets onto uh, like greens, but the occasional cricket still. So, Roxanne Harrison. You now have two baby animals to care with, and also, you're one person now. I asked before, but kind of interrupted your answer, so I'm asking it again. 
What's first for you? What's first for me is I start taking pictures and sending them to my family. And it's like, hey, <laughs> check out this cool lizard. And by family, that includes Steiner. Because I would not I would not disclude Steiner from seeing pictures of a baby lizard. It's like, hey, remember that baby lizard? Remember that egg? Yes. Yeah? It hatched. Neat. Boys, you both have memories of somebody on the SoCal team killing that lizard the first time around. I'm pretty sure it was Steiner. I'm very quick to assign blame. Uh, Crane's like, wait, didn't Steiner kill that? Yeah. Now it's not killed. You say, like, were we not just involved in a very complicated time travel shenanigan? I was going to say, literally weirder things have happened. Will you two shut up and look at my cute baby? I'm looking at it as I reply. (laughs) It is adorable. Do do you know how to care for a lizard? I'm gonna find out. Uh, Okay, best of luck. Hey Steiner, did you know how to care for an ermine when you got an ermine? I mean, it's basically just a ferret. Alright, did you know how to take care of one of those? Mm, I picked up a book on the way home. Well, there you go. Look, you know who probably knows how to care for a magical lizard? Magical Steve Irwin? Uh, I mean, close. I was gonna say Clara probably knows. Yo, there's a name we haven't heard in a while. So you're gonna load up your tiny baby lizard into... Well, no, you don't have to drive up there. You've been there before. You could teleport. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I ask Emery to call first and just let her know I'm coming. And if she's not busy, I'd like to pick her brain on uh, caring for a baby lizard. Also, maybe a displacer beast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She'll definitely talk to you. Kind of just dropping this out of nowhere, but I do need to do this now. Yeah. She is absolutely open to having you visit and talking about animals. Oh. Yeah, I just like ask Clara for the lowdown on if there's anything I should be doing, especially because, like, even though I've had Ancora for almost half a year now, I want to say. No, probably about a year now. A while. A while. I'm going to find out. (laughs) Give me a moment. It'll take just a second. Okay. Monster roster. The Displacer Beast was early June. So, a year and a half you have had Ancora. Dang. (laughs) Do you know how to care for a Displacer Beast? Is there anything I need to watch out for? Like, dietary uh, needs. I mean, I kind of just figured uh, big magic cat. Or, like, big cat, like, lion big cat, not like cat that is large. The replies that you get, are you, like, doing a phone call, or... Uh, I mean, if if it can do this over text, because I don't even remember how Clara sounds, so... She has a, a very bad 
country accent. <laughs> I'll, I'll save you from doing a very bad country accent. <laughs> yeah, the the information you get back, at least as far as Ancora, is yeah, displacer beasts are hunting carnivorous jungle cats, and they will eat exactly like that. There is going to be a concern, as there is with basically all magical beasts, that as they get bigger, in addition to requiring more, like, physical matter to eat, there's also... they, they need more mana. That is a concern. Clara's ranch is kind of built directly on top of a ley line, so all the critters she's caring for can basically get exactly what they need. SoCal Headquarters does not have that luxury, though. I didn't think so. That sounds like either I'm going to have to come up with a solution, or I'm going to have to find a new place to live, then. Which, to be fair, I was kind of already thinking about. Okay. What about, uh... An elemental lizard? That one's new to her, but she just tells you, like, basic dietary care and grooming and hunting habits of that variety of lizard. She doesn't just know things about weird magical mutants in particular. She's kind of a, a general vet. So she can tell you, like, here's what you need to know about lizards in general and frilled lizards in particular. Alright. Alright. Okay. Oh my gosh, so many things going on. Anyway. That, uh, bit of nonsense figured out. You asked me what I need- what I want to do next? Yeah, what are you doing first post- baby care. Yeah, you said baby care, so like, there's a day or two where I set up a spot in my room for the baby lizard to, like, be safe in. Like a little in not like a cage, mind you, but it is an in like a little enclosure to keep Ankara out of there and let the baby lizard explore, and uh, lizards aren't exactly house-trained, also. Right. You also know that this one, once it gets to a certain point in its life, is going to start vomiting vines all over the place. Yes. Uh, I seem to have kind of gotten myself into a pickle. Well, it wasn't in my plans, but... <laughs> I think I mentioned this last, uh, like, a couple sessions ago, but I think I'm going to start looking for a new place to live in this case. You had mentioned that, and you had, in fact, specifically mentioned moving up to live on the mountain where Blackbird lives. Yeah. Uh, I know nothing about ley lines. But, you know who probably does? <laughs> well, okay, there's two people who probably do. I could probably ask Magpie. But also, I could ask my brother. 
That guy. Yeah, so I'm gonna call Grant. Hello? Ah, hey, Grant. Uh, I need your expertise on something. You know about, like, ley lines and stuff, right? Uh, yeah. What do you need to know? Well, um, I'm kind of thinking of moving it out of the place down here in SoCal. And uh, you remember that mountain where uh, we met our bird friend? Yeah. I was just thinking that my, uh, my new acquisitions are probably going to need, like, magical energy and stuff like that. And so, is there, like, a ley line that runs through there? Um, I don't... Let me check the map of known ley lines. Uh, let's see here. You just get that on Google Maps these days. <laughs> not for a few more years. Maybe like by the time the city that bleeds happens, but not now. Um... Yeah, there's a couple that run through there. Um, so if they need magical stuff there, that shouldn't be a problem. Cool. I just, you know, I figure maybe someone could be up there. It's a little remote. And, you know, travel's not an issue for me. And, you know, Blackbird can't stay down here forever. Right. Actually, I don't think Blackbird's even down here, so, like, someone needs to be keeping an eye on Blackbird, making sure, you know, she doesn't get into trouble, nobody comes snooping, and if they do, there needs to be somebody there that can explain and or scare them off. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder to uh, hide a lizard that can vomit vines and a big cat that has tentacles and extra legs. And also looks like there's two of them. Oh no, it just looks like there's one of them. For now. Oh god, you know, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. Oh, at least I only have to feed one of them. Anyway, yeah, I figure... <sighs> you know, place far away, more quiet, get my study work done. Travel's not a concern. Uh, yeah, that, like, that shouldn't be a problem. Can you, like, uh, send me a picture on your phone of... Uh... Yeah, sure. Uh, Grant takes a picture, and then as, like, he's putting the phone back up to here, he goes, Oh my god! Hey, guess what? You'll never know where the most ley lines converge in California. Take a wild guess. Is it... Your mama? Los Angeles? Is it Disneyland? No. no. Where'd we almost have a big old fight? Uh, up north where the cave was? Yeah! I mean, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. It feels less like coincidence and more like it was planned. Yeah, that probably was. A worm that big probably needed a lot of magical food. I mean, yeah, and also, if you were going to recover for thousands of years, wouldn't you pick somewhere that has a lot of magic? Yep, sure would. Uh, okay, thank you, Grant. I'm, uh, I, I guess I'm going to go start looking at 
Oh, I've never bought a house before. Neither have I. Good luck. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, so I just like, I take that screenshot and I start like just cross-referencing property and stuff like that. So there is the issue that like, there aren't a lot of pre-existing isolated houses. Up on Mount San Jacinto, there are like towns and then there are a couple of like businesses sort of up there that have buildings to live in. Like I know for a fact that there is an astro camp that operates up on that mountain in the summertime. But there isn't really like property for sale alone up there, really. Sounds like you're saying I'm going to have to do this extra legally then. Seems that way. <sighs> okay. Well, I made an extra dimensional room. It can't be that hard to like make a go the fuck away field have in fact deployed that exact thing several times yeah in the course of your time with the Southern California Ravens okay okay this seems like it's going to be a long uh job especially because uh I'm gonna have to figure out how to get a house up there yeah it's this is something that's going to take several months to accomplish. You're going to have to ward an area against intrusion, and you are also going to have to somehow fabricate a building to live in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Maggie can help with the wards because she's super good at that particular spell, and she's extra good at it nowadays. Right. And you're pretty gosh darn good at true speech and you have friends who are also pretty good at it so you got people who can help you like speak a house into existence if you need it well i mean mostly i was just thinking that like you, you can get like those prefab houses that they'll like you know like mm -hmm. trailer houses that people will put places so if i can just like mm -hmm get the ground leveled out I could just like probably just teleport it there maybe it takes some extra work but I could get it there is what I'm saying yeah probably would have to teleport it because the roads up to yeah, the no. mountain are pretty <laughs> steep in a few places I don't think they would transport something that big up that steep a hill yeah no I I was mostly just like, I wonder if I can even teleport something like that up there. Not simply. Yeah. So that's another project that Roxanne has to start doing in her spare time. So while all that shit is happening, what else? You've got your whole fucking life in front of you. And a whole bunch of things I think you would like to do. Oh my god, there's so much. 
Uh, you know what? I have an idea that I wanted to uh, get to work on, but I'm not sure how uh, feasible it would be. Mm-hmm. What with my suddenly obtained knowledge of uh, medical alchemy and a little bit of medical herbology, I guess. Medical horticulture. Let's go with that one. I like that term better. Malchemy. Malchemy. Malchemy in the middle. Life is unfair. I should see... A, if I'm going to get in trouble if I start growing weird shit somewhere. So, like, what are the rules? I mean, there's got to be, like, strange plants that have just gotten tracked over from the Feywilds in somebody's boots. Oh, through yeah. a tiny, like, pinhole in the world that opens up every now and again. 10,000% spores and seeds have gotten stuck on the shoes of various fey immigrants and crimson ravens that have gone from the fey wilds to earth for whatever reason. You know, if you ask Emery about the history of that, and they can tell you of a couple of hunts that they've had to do, and also a couple of hunts that they've just heard about other people having to do of such plants uh, becoming invasive species that the ravens have to deal with because if certain varieties of magical plants can be allowed to flourish on earth they will run rampant if you think kudzu weed is bad wait until it has teeth I've read that Sonic comic okay I haven't there was a Sonic the Hedgehog comic about Dr. Robotnik making robot kudzu weed. Okay. I'm not even joking. Isn't isn't that just great goo? Kinda. So, uh, the rule is, at least as far as Emery tells you with, you know, a wink and a nod and a tap to the tip of their nose, is that importing magical plants is strictly disallowed and that the ravens once they find out about it are obligated to have it removed and official reports must be filed on these discoveries hmm understood Time to break some more rules. It keeps happening. Ah, darn. I'm going to have to take precautions. So where are you getting your little garden set up, and how are you getting it set up? Well, I figure this is going to be like a project that happens alongside uh, getting built up over there. Because, like, if I can get a house over there, I can probably get a greenhouse over there. And greenhouses are almost certainly prefabable. So there's just like going, it's just like going to be like any other. It's going to be a temperature, con- I'm going to try and temperature control a greenhouse, which is a lot easier to do with magic, say, than uh, technology. Yeah. 
the only problem is going to be uh, sourcing things like that. Because before, I could just get them in the wild. Or get someone else to go get them for me, rather. But now the wild is uh, less easy. I mean, I can probably just like pick them up at a store or something in the summer court, probably? Spring. Spring? Actually, would be your best bet, because if you want medicinal plants, that's biomancy. Is it? Okay. See, I just thought magical plants was the summer courts thing. Eh, it's a shared domain, but it falls largely in the realm of spring. Ah, the court pursuit is wild magic. That's what it was. Yeah, so it's just like... Like, I'm not looking for anything dangerous or invasive. I know about these plants. I spent a lot of time learning about these plants, and it's been a long time, so things aren't probably exactly the same as they were before. But just, like, very basic medicinal things that I can get going and that aren't going to, like... Thankfully, because this is would be in a greenhouse... I can hopefully keep them from, like, spreading outside. And I know well enough to, like, not let them spread outside. Like, if I start seeing them outside, it's like, okay, time to shut everything down so this doesn't happen. Right, right. So you are correct in that a lot of the plants that you are used to utilizing all of the species that Malpha taught you about, they don't exist anymore, effectively. A million years of genetic drift has basically turned everything into something else. Gross. Hate it. But despite that, when you describe the sorts of effects that you're looking for, you know, things that are good for fevers, things that are good for disinfectants, stuff like that. There are plenty of things that you can get pointed at. Now the issue comes, at least for this stage, when on one of these trips in to ask about you know, uh, some variety, some effect that you would like, and what kind of plant can you get, that into the little pharmacy, apothecary, whatever exactly it would be called, walks Princess Quenso, and she just kind of hangs out by the door and is giving you the stare down. I don't even, like, give it a second thought. I just go over and I say, I assume that you need to speak to me, Princess Quenso. I do need to have a conversation with you, Roxanne Harrison, yes. Alright. It has come to my attention that you are making acquisitions of certain medicinal plants and leaving with them. Yes, I suppose that is true. Now my understanding is, and you can correct me if I am incorrect, that such migrations are disallowed under the Crimson Raven's contracts. 
out of character. I'm trying to decide if lying would be the best course of action right now. Probably not. <laughs> well, I feel as though you know this better than I do. However, uh, yes, if they are found, they are obligated to be destroyed by the Crimson Ravens. As such, I'm not transporting them in my capacity as a Crimson Raven. I am transporting them in my capacity as a healer who is interested in practicing medical alchemy. She leans back a bit. <laughs> that is the most fucking weasel answer. <laughs> it's the truth. I'm aware. <laughs> Should I take this to mean then that you have divested yourself from the Crimson Ravens? No, simply that I, as part of my very nature, have to act in multiple capacities. <sighs> I am a Crimson Raven. However, I am also simply a healer and also an agent of Elysium. I have to do multiple things, and sometimes my interests are not necessarily always 100% overlapping others. Hmm. I am not familiar with the second allegiance you hold. I suppose I am most concerned with whether or not you have then received special allowance from your direct superiors. Mm. When I asked about it, I was not disallowed. How is that? I believe I understand what you mean. Is there... Rather than talking in circles around each other, is there something I can do that would make this all right in the eyes of the Spring Court. I really need to be assured that if the discovery of your acquisitions should ever spread, that the Spring Court will not be found in breach of any contracts. Hmm. Right. No, I understand completely. And I am... Uh willing to take full responsibility for my actions in such case. If it would make things easier, I will acquire them more discreetly. I'm not asking you to take a blind eye, simply that I will make it harder for you to see it, if at all possible. One can hardly expect you to take responsibility for something you were unaware of, after all. That is a fair point. Very good, then. Well, then. It was lovely speaking to you, as always. I hope you're doing well. And, um... I give her, like, a conspiratorial look, and I just say, thank you for your help before. I, uh, did not end up needing it, it turns out. She returns your conspiratorial look tells you 
I am pleased that it worked out nonetheless. Me too. And I excuse myself from the conversation. <laughs> oh, before you leave. Okay. She still has a bit of conspiracy in her eyes. I felt it only appropriate to even an account as I acquired a bit of knowledge by my own methods without it being freely given, I feel it is only appropriate that I return the same knowledge. Alright. And she like takes a half step closer so you two are like almost nose to nose. And she can speak low without being heard. You and I are the same kind of person. Ah. Same kind of person. Oh. Oh. Gives you a kind of wry smile. Well, I'm sure that I don't know what you're talking about, but if I did know, anything about that. I'd keep it under my hat. No need to go talking about things that aren't my business, after all. Your theoretical discretion speaks well of your upbringing. What can I say? I've had good examples on what, on the kind of person not to be. Sometimes. Somewhere Grant knows somebody's shit-talking him. <laughs> that she gives you a polite regal bow and dismisses herself I I do a little curtsy and basically as soon as I'm back in the human world I just go holy shit (laughs) (sighs) Mm, okay okay didn't make a complete fool of myself in front of the princess. Good job. Oh my god. Uh, I need to be more discreet. So, with the materials to create your garden acquired, you know, over the course of some time. What else is on your itinerary? Well, I mean, there's the big thing. Mm-hmm. I should always start researching how to plug a hole in uh, existence. Yeah. Probably be a pretty good thing to get rid of if you're able. Yeah. So where do you start? Well... I'm pretty sure... Well, I've got a decent thought as to how that hole got there in the first place. I don't know if it was ever actually confirmed, but... Using my... Using the powers of my mind, I'm inferring... That probably that hole got there when, uh... A big-ass worm came from the Deadlands... And ended up in California. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm thinking. I don't remember where this is mentioned. 
But Adel said that he had made the worm out of the firmament of, not the firmament, the, the ground. The firmament is a different thing. I always think firmament is ground, but it's actually the sky. It, I called it the firmament the first time because I didn't know firmament was sky, and that's where that's why you want to call it that. Ah. Yeah, I know the firmament is like the theoretical thing that goes around the earth, which is just the atmosphere. Anyway, Adel made it out of the ground in the Deadlands, right? Mm-hmm. So that leads me to wonder if it is a property of the worm or a property of the material that the Deadlands are made out of, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, if I knew how it was made, then maybe I'd know how it was unmade. And I'd go ask Adol, but I don't really know that he's receiving visitors right now. I guess I would ask, and I'd have to ask somebody else. Hey, Grant. Yeet. By this point in the timeline, yourself has been repaired, so all the interactions you had with Adol have occurred. Okay. Like, you obviously told everybody that yourself is fixed. Did you tell everybody about how that happened? I mean, if they asked, yes. If they didn't, then I kind of kept my mouth to myself for once. Okay. Uncharacteristically Grant Harrison of you. <laughs> Listen, the dude is held up. Something fierce, so Grant's gonna give him some rest. So then the question comes back round to Roxanne. When Grant announced to everybody that his self was repaired and functional again, did Roxanne ever ask about how he did it? Honestly, probably not. Like, not that he's not interested, but just like, I assume that he fucking bullshitted his way into doing it somehow, because that's how he does 90% <laughs> of the things in his life. Only 90? Okay. She's seen you do research. She okay, knows you try enough. sometimes. <laughs> I assume that you know how to do some things, right? I mean, you're dating Amalia. <laughs> you're engaged to Amalia. I don't know at what point in the timeline we're at. Not I don't yet. think engaged quite yet. Engaged is like end of August or something like that. Okay. Um. So it sounds like, to me, I need to find somebody that's either an expert in the Deadlands, an expert in... Oh, I know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I do know somebody who's an expert in the material properties of things. And that would be uh-huh. uh, Qualia is an expert in, like, drawing out the material properties of things. So if I were to get some... Uh, Earth from the Deadlands and bring it to Qualia, I could ask her about like the properties of it. Yeah. You can definitely acquire a pickaxe. Yeah, I mean I I basically like I go to the Sultans first. I don't just like start stealing dirt from the capital or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. 
He's just like, any Sultans that are there. I just go up and I'm like, hey, listen, I, I was hoping to excavate a bit of the ground from the capital for research purposes. Because I was wondering, because I have a lead on how the hole in above San Bernardino was made. And I wanted to ask her permission before I started doing that. So the Sultans also remember the dead timeline. Yeah, that's why I didn't bother explaining. Yeah, so they remember you talking about plugging the holes and what you would expect in return for that. And so when you show up and start asking about that, you can tell that there's some reticence to, like, even let you get started. Because that's still kind of a big deal, despite everything. Who, which Sultans are there? Let's say Washington, Catherine, and Arthur. You get oh. those three today. It's most of my favorites. <laughs> it's my favorites and George Washington. <laughs> Montezuma is out somewhere, probably handling some psychopomp maintenance or something. Osmond not being here and Arthur being here means Osmond is handling the rift that sits above somewhere in Germany. And... Cyrus, who the fuck knows where Cyrus goes when he's not here? You know, around. Hmm. Actually, Cleopatra being absent as well, she's probably with Montezuma. But yeah, you got Washington, Catherine, and Arthur. Yeah, there's just like a point in their deliberation where I'm just like, I get that this is a big deal, but which thing is worth more to you? plugging a hole where monsters pour out into the living world, or five witches who aren't going to die any- aren't going to pass on anytime soon, anyway. Pardon my tone, I just... The men look like they want to continue argumentation, but Catherine, like, gets both of their attention. She is absolutely right. Closing that rift would give us Jimu back. And if her methods can be replicated, it would get you or Osmond, whichever one of you is gone at the time back here, and we could get Zetian back. This is worth it. They... They don't talk for a moment. There's some deliberation, just sort of internal to the two of them. Eventually, Washington just nods, seems a little resigned, but it's, it is an, a, a strong affirmative nod. And Arthur, she is correct. Having our numbers be complete for the first time since their creation. That would certainly be worth a few souls returning to the world of living. Take what you need, and we will support you however you ask. 
Thank you. I'm hoping this will require, uh, not that I don't appreciate the offer, but I hope this will require as little input from you as possible. I find that I work fastest when I can work on my own. And I just, like, heave my pickaxe that I definitely brought with me over my shoulder and walk out the door and just, like, find a little patch, an out-of-the-way patch. Like, I'm not even doing it in the capital, necessarily. It's within sight of the capital. And -hmm. I just try to get into the crust there. It takes some work. You, You gotta dig. And the soil of the Deadlands is quite hard. You have to you know, turn into your six-armed self and grab the pickaxe with all six arms and put every bit of force you can muster into it and probably do some cussing in true speech. There's a point where the pickaxe gets stuck and I pull out my fucking hammer and just smack the other side of the pickaxe with the hammer and it snaps (laughs) and I have to go get another one. But... After a couple of hours of work, you do manage to just get, like, a nice-sized chunk of ground out of the Deadlands. Interesting. Does the, like, texture material of the Deadlands change at all as it goes down? Not as far down as you dug, no. Alright. I was just curious. If you could find the crater left by the worm's formation, it might be a different story. That seems like it would be much harder to do. Maybe something to ask the sultans about if they know. But uh, for now, I think I'm going to go and try and get uh, a chance to talk to Qualia. Maybe Steiner can, like, get me... A meeting, considering I probably can't just go, I probably can't wander into the workshop to talk to her. Yeah, Steiner has a free all day, every day pass into the workshop, but that's Steiner exclusive. He can definitely set you up, though. Having yeah. a plus one while he goes and hangs out with Morton for no reason. Hey, Steiner, can you get me into the workshop? Um. Next time I'm there, I can ask. Sure. Yeah, I um, I need to ask Qualia about this hunk of the Deadlands that I kind of took. I'm, I'm chasing a lead. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Steiner, you absolutely do get cleared to bring Roxanne in the next time you visit. Red. I relay that information. So the two of you can set a date to head to the fall court, and then Steiner, you can take your plus one down below. Roxanne, the workshop is exactly as you saw it in the dead timeline, except Morton and Qualia are both here, and there's no sense of like, the world is over, but we're working anyways. And 
Gregory's not here having a cry. So, altogether pretty good. Nice. Things are better. Things are better. So it's not hard to find Qualia. Mostly because it's not hard to find Morton, and he knows where she is basically all the time when she's down here. Makes sense. I imagine they do a lot of work together. Oh yeah. He is the forge master and the head of the workshop, and she is his right hand. So you can find her working some sort of extraction spell over what seems to be a piece of glass. It's definitely very glass-like. It's clear and colorless, and she's pulling something out of it. A cloud of a kind of pearly white energy is slowly being pulled from the chunk of material. Yeah, I just patiently wait for her to be done, because I don't know how uh, concentration-intensive this part of what she's doing is. Mm-hmm. Takes a couple of minutes. Eventually she fully extracts whatever she's been working on and cups it in her hands and is staring at it intently. She kind of folds it into a, a tighter glob in her offhand, then sees you. Gives you like a, a, a nod and then walks over to a cabinet, opens it up and pulls out kind of like a, it's a square bottle made of something that also looks like glass. And with her teeth, she pulls out the stopper and pours the energy she has in her hand into it and then puts the stopper back in Puts the jar back up on the shelf, closes the cabinet door, and turns around to you. Hi. Hi. I, uh, I have a question for you. All right. You are the best person I know to ask about the, uh, the quality of materials. Like, the, the inherent quality of things. And I'm kind of chasing a lead here. I've got, I just, I heft my, my Deadlands rock with me. Well, um, I got a she rock She gets a here. look on her face. Like, like you're holding up something nuclear. Is something wrong? I haven't even touched it yet, and I can tell that that's gross. Well, uh, sorry. Kind of important to me to figure this out. I mean, okay, like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it before. I think I've got a guess as to where it comes from. You are probably exactly correct where it comes from. I had to ask for <laughs> permission to take it. Okay. I'll confess I've wanted to work with this kind of material ever since I heard about it. I didn't think I would ever get the chance, so thank you for putting this in my hands, but... Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. Here, here's the part I'm curious about. Would... <laughs> I'm sure you'll be able to just tell me when this is all over, but... Would something made from this 
be able to say penetrate between two different dimensions like in a permanent manner all right i will tell you everything i can find out she walks over and grabs the top of the rock with one hand uh, there might be some, like, steel shavings in there. I kind of broke a pickaxe while trying to get it out. Okay. She takes it out of your hands, walks over to, like, a real nice workbench. Like, this is the super deluxe model. All the things that are piled up all over on top of it. She puts it down in the middle, twiggles her wrists to loosen them up? Who the fuck knows what the straw woman has for bones and ligaments and joints such that she would need to loosen up, but... Bone straw. She is ready. <laughs> fuck, I'm trying to unmute myself fast enough. <laughs> she places her hands on it and closes her eyes, her brows furrow in deep concentration, and she goes very still she's not gonna come out of this for like half an hour are you just gonna stand there the whole time or what i mean if i leave i don't think i'm able to come back is the thing uh I, actually I, I guess she'd probably like send to get me or something yeah I, I i just leave her room to work i catch up with morton if i can i don't go looking around for uh things to look at, because obviously that would be... Uh, I'd get in trouble if I were just... if I just went snooping. Might constitute a security breach. Yes. I bother Steiner. <laughs> Morton's absolutely happy to include you in the conversation he and Steiner are having. It's mostly nerd shit. You might be a little lost. I have those pop team epic moment. The, uh... <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I understand perfectly. Doesn't understand at all. But, you know, it's not even an hour later that Qualia comes and retrieves you. Just a, a gentle hand on the shoulder and a little shake. What? I definitely didn't fall asleep. I definitely believe you. I have your analysis ready. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Ah, uh, I really hope this is good news. She leads you back into her office and stands you in front of the workbench. I'm afraid it's not good news. Shit. This is... Well, it's meant to be very hard, as you no doubt figured out. But aside from just its basic material qualities, it's magical properties. It's all focused on extraction, storage, and expulsion. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Eh, I don't know if this was created artificially, or if it's naturally occurring. It'd be a hell of a thing if it's naturally occurring. But, near as I can tell, this pulls in experiences, memories, and holds them 
and then squeezes out negatives. There's bad things. It's like a like you're wringing dirty water out of a towel. I mean, that explains a lot of things. Then this is just like hold the rest of it? Near as I can tell. Yeah. Huh. Well, if I didn't have a million other things on my plate right now, that would be an amazing thing to study. But, uh, I'm not a very good scientist, and I'm right back where I started. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. You put anything else in front of me, I'll analyze it for you, but... Oh, no, no, no. You've, you've been... You've been very helpful. Eliminating one lead is just... Means that I need to find another. Good attitude. This wasn't going to get done in such a short amount of time anyway. So do you need to take this back with you, or can I... Ah, uh... uh, I... I... You could maybe take, like, a small chunk of it. I don't know that they would miss it, but, like, I should probably bring it back if I don't need it. All right. Consider that payment for your work. She makes a kind of conspiratorial shushing. She opens up one of the drawers on the workbench and pulls out a small knife, the blade of which kind of gives you a bit of a headache to look at. She makes a, a couple of slices just along the chunk of Deadlands ground, and every time it gets a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper, there's very little resistance, but the blade is very short. That blade goes snicker snack. She carves off like a just a little chunk of it. Yeah, you know, not so much that she couldn't do anything with it, but I don't know. It's it's uh it's like the size of three fingers. Yeah. Reasonably, that is a chunk that could have like fallen off or something. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? And she gets a it's like weirdly colored leather. It's it's kind of purplish, but it definitely has sort of like the visual texture of leather. And she puts it in the middle rolls it up real tight winds up the two sides and ties them with some twine keep this I'll come back to it I'm gonna see if I can figure out if there's meant to be any purpose for the stuff that stays in there yeah yeah uh you didn't get it from me Oh, it just fell into my lap. These things happen. Sometimes something weird just shows up. Huh? So what are you going to do with the chunk, Roxanne, first of all, before we, like, figure out what your next step is? I go put it back. I just, like, take it and I drop it in the hole that I, uh, put it and I took it out of, basically. There's a real weird effect. Oh, yeah? What's that? You, you, like, fit it back into the hole, basically, as you pulled it out, and it's like a wound healing. 
the the seam kind of like almost liquefies and bubbles and fizzes a bit and just sizzles around the circumference and the rock reintegrates back into the greater deadlands that's really weird uh, okay okay so what now well that was kind of my first lead and also my best lead mm-hmm but it's not your only lead sounds like oh my other the the actual best lead would be to ask Adol how 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 he did it how he do that how did you do that but uh I feel like I'm gonna have to wait for Adol to come to me okay if you want to approach it that way you certainly can like I do a lot of passive research I go to Grant and I'm like, Grant, how would you punch a hole in the reality? Grant would just look at you dumbfounded and be like, why? Well, if I know how and to do entire- it, I know how to do, I know how to undo it. That's the entire conversation. Is Grant just goes, why? And then ignores you. <laughs> No, 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 don't walk away from me. I'm talking. No, nope, no, nope, I'm... This is... Uh, nope, bye. Grant Harrison, I'm get already, back here. I, I'm already in enough trouble as it is with various magical uh, places. I'm not going to poke I'm a hole in anything. Nope, nope, bye, bye. God damn it. The bitch climbs into a cupboard and is never seen again. And it's just like, I know you went to New York, damn it. If he ever has kids, I'm going to give his kids the most obnoxious gifts ever. The kind of kid, the kind of things that your kids love, but your parents hate. Oh, you were <laughs> going to do that anyway. You're an, you'll be an aunt. Hmm, there. So I guess that's just going to go on the back burner for a while. Yeah, we'll circle back around to that. I guess, um, you know, you've got all of these projects running concurrently. You've got trying to figure out how to create a living space up on Mount San Jacinto. You've got the greenhouse project. And you've got this. So with all these things sort of happening all together at Also, I'm in college. (laughs) Also, you're in college. Hey, uh... Before we get on the thing that I was about to talk about, like, how has your attitude towards that whole project changed post-integration? Uh, it hasn't, actually. If anything, I've gotten more into the idea of of getting my medical degree. Although, I'm starting to realize that, uh, I am do not have time to be doing all of these things at once. Yeah, because there's also, like, your occasional work with the SoCal team. You know, helping them out on hunts. (sighs) 
And speaking of the SoCal team, one member in particular, you know, after a couple of months of you just being hyper busy all the time with everything, with no regard for the fact that you are hyper busy all the time with anything, your crimson counterpart corners you one day in headquarters and asks, So, just curious, mom and dad want to know how long you're going to avoid them for. I'm not avoiding them. I'm just busy. Maybe I'm a little avoiding them. Hmm, there we go. <sighs> Look, I just thought maybe if I gave them more time, this would be less... All this would be less weird. And then... I don't know, I'd have some other news to overshadow all of it with. We could just forget it ever happened. Which was very wishful thinking. I guess I'm going to go visit, aren't I? I think you are, yeah. Do you want me to come with you? I mean, I won't say no. Have you been visiting them a lot? Not a lot. A few times. <sighs> Look, it's up to you. I'm... No, you know what? You should come. There's, uh... There's something that I've been wanting to share anyway. And I may as well do it while you're there as well. I mean, like, I might as well do it there with everyone there. Rather than just telling you and them separately. Okay. That's fine. I'm pretty sure I'm free right now. Emery, am I free right now? It, yeah. Uh, nothing going on. She gives you an expectant look. I mean, you don't need me to take you there, so let's go. Are you going to teleport without her? She can teleport. I know. What I'm going to do is I'm going to text my mom and say, Hey, do you mind if I come over? Because I don't want to just show up in the house. <laughs> yes, comma, finally, period. Okay. <laughs> I just, like, put my hand on the other Roxanne's shoulder. Even though I know she can teleport, I'm so used to teleporting other people. And I just teleport us both to the entryway of the house. The two of you appear in the Harrison family home, and your mom was already down there waiting for you. You can see your dad coming down the stairs. Your mom rushes forward, gives you a big, tight hug. Uh, hi, Mom. Hi. I'm home? Yeah. And she reaches out and she pulls Red into the hug as well. <laughs> Let's go. Steps back. Family hug. Dad finishes coming down the stairs, gives you his own hug. You know, we were starting to get a bit worried. I know, I've just, uh... 
I've been busy, you know? I, I got a lot on my plate. Yeah, we do know. That's what you do. What do you mean that's what I do? That's what you do when you need to not do other things as you get very busy, Roxanne. Do I do that? Red just like swivels to face you. Yeah, we do that. Oh my god. Were you the one that got all the introspection? God. I didn't have a lot to do for about six months. Okay, okay, okay. But I mean, like, genuinely, I was very busy, and it wasn't just like other things. It was just a lot of important stuff was happening. And sorry. Well, we're glad you're here now. We got all of our memories of all of that back. Yeah. And we've been waiting to hear from you. I thought you might be. I don't know. I, I figured eventually I'd have I'd know the right thing to say or something. I don't know. Sorry I kidnapped you and left you stranded in in the winter court. I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like I didn't do it on purpose. It's just I couldn't not do it. You kind of realize all of a sudden that you're sitting down. Oh. Okay. Just as you were trying to get through those words, your other self had led you over into the living room and sat you down and your parents had followed. We were just trying to save the world and the one thing that I just the one thing I really needed to be safe was my mom and my dad God knows everybody else wasn't and I don't know parents look at each other turn back to you dad reaches out puts his hand on yours I don't think either of us really understood at the time we still don't exactly, but now that we're here and we have all these memories, we understand a bit better. You, know, you, you talk like you are the one who did it, but to us, it seems like it, it didn't happen to us. It happened to somebody else who has our names and our faces and our address. And we just watched a movie of it happening. Yeah, I guess it's just like, for me, it's like, maybe it's not quite the same as if I did it, but I still, it's different for me, like fundamentally different. I, I didn't just like get her memories. I, I'm her and I'm also the Roxanne from here. I'm, I'm more the Roxanne from here, but I remember all of that. And it was easy to just not feel a lot about it, but just being here, it's just kind of like remembering something 
that you thought you'd forgotten about. Well, if you want forgiveness from us, you have it. Neither of us really feel like we need to forgive you for anything. Just don't do it again. Yeah, um... Look, if there's any other world saving happening uh, in the future, I don't really want to be involved in it. We would like it if you weren't involved in it either. Yeah, I'd rather do much more low stakes things like repairing a hole in the fabric of reality. They both suddenly look concerned. Ah, uh, don't worry, it's been there longer than any of us have been alive. I'm just working on fixing it. It's not like it's getting any bigger, it's just kind of an inconvenient thing to have around, you know? Okay. <laughs> Look, it's 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 not I mean it is a big deal, but it's not what I'm saying is I'm focusing on much low state lower stakes things, you know? That's good to hear at least. Yeah. And I'm just trying to be I'm trying to do other things. I've been starting a garden. Oh, well, that's nice. I'm building a house. Well, I'm moving a house to a piece of property. Moving out of uh, where I've been staying in SoCal, up on uh, up on Mount San Jacinto. Mount Jacinto? San Jacinto. Whatever. Pretend I said that right, please. <laughs> of course, of course. I adopted a new... Have you... Wait, have you met my cat? No. Oh my gosh. I... Roxanne just disappears out of the room. And comes back with... Ancora. <laughs> so, this is Ancora. Um, she's not like a normal cat, but, uh, I kind of, I've been raising her. She's like a year and a half now. She's, uh, do you, you ever heard of a displacer beast? No. I don't know. Maybe you had like a secret Dungeons and Dragons thing when you were younger. I, I, I don't know. So like, she looks like she's over here, right? But I raised my hands. She's actually like right here. Uh, your mom reaches out and tries to touch the illusionary one. Yeah, see? Not not actually right there. And she goes over for the bundle that you're apparently holding, and her hand touches down on top of the little kitty head. And she it just does, like, on reflex, you know, give the kitty scritches. And... And Cora reacts positively because she has been trained to like when humans pet her. But your mom just kind of looks a little weirded out, and your dad just is a bit dumbfounded. <sighs> and then Red kind of slips in under and takes Ancora's two front paws and starts playing with them. Yeah, um. I just. You know, I've... 
and Korra is only gonna get bigger. The displacer beasts aren't like... They're not like house cat sized. They're like panther sized. Oh. Yeah. So she's she's gonna get pretty big. And she's gonna need she's gonna have some special needs because she's not really supposed to norm normally displacer beasts don't really live on Earth, you know? So I'm relocating to somewhere where I can more easily meet her needs and you know I've got a friend up there who is going to need a little bit of a keeping some eye, keeping an eye on and I recently adopted another animal that's going to probably need a bunch of space too I'd uh, I'd, I'd go get them but uh, when I was in my room they were napping it's just a little, I, I pull out my phone. It's just a little, well, little lizard. Isn't that the thing from Jurassic Park? Are you going to be okay? What, me? I'll be fine. Okay. Look, I'm, I know how to deal with things like this, and I'm made of tough stuff. Besides, he doesn't, he, I don't know. It's not like it's gonna spit acid or something. It looks like it will. No, 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 no. It it it, it kind of like spits up vines. It's like a plant thing. Hmm. And if it's anything like its mom, I think it can like sort of. It'll eventually like be able to switch what it does. I don't know. It'll be exciting to find out. Somebody's gotta watch over it. Your parents just look like you've kind of overloaded them a bit. Okay, 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 okay. I hand Ancora over to Red. Takes her and fusses with her a bit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's... Normal conversation. Normal conversation. I'd, I'd appreciate that. How have you two been? Well, it's been basically business with business as usual with the two of us. Nothing's really changed. We uh, Grant has this friend of his named Henry who's come by a few times to talk to us about things. <laughs> I don't think friend is the right word for that guy, but okay. We've been, we've been told about all of the monsters, and I mean, we we sort of knew about that already, and we already knew about the magic. So he didn't have a lot new to tell us. Which, when we told him that, he seemed less than happy. Yeah, I mean, I've barely spoken. I think I met the guy once, maybe when Grant was doing that weird thing over in, uh... Yes, he was there. I remember that. Yeah, he shouldn't be that surprised. I mean, he was there. Alright, well, he just told us about keeping secrets and all of that. So we haven't, you know, 
nothing's really changed for us except we now know all of these things that we can't really talk about to anybody. Which is a little stressful. In my experience, no one will even no one will even believe you if you tell them anyway. So, like, don't worry too much about it. Are there like support groups for the parents of people like you? I don't know. That is a question that I'll have to pass on to Emery. Does Emery even have parents? I've never asked them. Oh, they're a homunculus. They were born from the mud. It wouldn't surprise me. Emery is way too normal to have parents. <laughs> Emery is way too normal to be doing any of this and then just have, like, parents. <laughs> so, um... I wanted to... I've been kind of working on this and thinking about it for a while. Mom, Dad, Roxanne. I've... So I've realized that, you know, just because when everything went down, just because I'm the one that walked out with, I guess, the most color-neutral body, let's just say, it's not really fair that I just sort of, by default, get everything in life because we're we're obviously not the exact same person but we are we were one person at one point or another right right so I untuck some papers out of my hammer space I've decided that you know I'm gonna change my name everybody's eyebrows shoot up I set the like name change the name change like form that I have already written in, but not like officially sent in on the. Uh, I, I assume there's some sort of form you turn in. I don't know. I've never changed my name in uh, anywhere, but especially not California. But I just like set it on the coffee table since I assume we're in like the living room. Mm-hmm. I spent six months just being Amelia. And so I think I'm perfectly fine just being Amelia. I certainly can't be three Roxannes running around all in the same family. So? Red leans forward, picks up the packet, and I can confirm that there are forms that have to be filled out and submitted at a courthouse. She starts flipping through them. And you know, your your mom and dad have like a look that is halfway between, you know, being happy for you and being confused because this is kind of a weird reason to do this. And then also they've got a little bit of exasperation on their face because, oh God, we have to do this again. Gotta remember the names again. <laughs> but Red puts all the papers back together, collates them, kind of throws them sloppily onto the coffee table, and 
leans back with her arms folded. Hands you and Cora stands up, says, I'll be right back, and then she disappears out of the room. Oh, that is not the result I was expecting. Red's gone for a lot longer than you were when you went to go round up your kitty, so the you and your parents are just kind of left here in the lurch for a bit. Like, at a loss of anything to do, your dad goes and just gets a couple of glasses of water. Your mom takes the papers off the coffee table and looks over them herself. You're all just kind of sitting here awkwardly for a few minutes. At one point, your dad asks you if you have any idea where she went. Well, either she's mad and she's not coming back, or she went to go get the other Roxanne? Have you... I, I don't suppose you ever got to meet her, did you? We're, we know she exists. We haven't met her, no. Uh, well, I know, realize that today has been a bit overwhelming, but uh, if that's who she's going to get, then you should probably be prepared, because she is the least normal looking one out of all three of us. And as if on cue. I mean, it's a good look, but oh, hello. The two of them apparate in the middle of the living room. Red is holding Blue by the wrist and Blue kind of yanks her hand back. All right, all right, fine. Don't gotta tell me so much. And yeah, this is the first time you've seen her since you like were in the tunnel negotiating with Adel, you're only 40% that person, but you still have memories of that. 40% is still a pretty big number. Yeah, you have memories of fighting her and killing her. And you have memories of the form that she's in, of killing her in that form. She's in battle mode right now. I mean, she kind of just always looked like that at this point. I very awkwardly offer her my chair and tr like try to get her to sit down. And as soon as, and if she does, I just place Ancora in her lap. She doesn't like she she can see what you're doing, and she kind of goes for the chair, and then like her big skeletal tail kind of flicks and she pauses I don't know how to sit in chairs a problem they and youth pastors share <laughs> I hand her Ancora I disappear oh. and I come back uh, uh, with a fucking beanbag uh, 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 she just kind of sits in it you have placed a baby in her arms, and she doesn't know what to do. I'm trying to make it as hard as possible for her to leave. <laughs> do I need to go get Grant? Are we, like, good now? She's just, like, staring at this cat in her arms. You've gotten so big. 
I'm not going to cry. She says out loud. I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. Your parents are just kind of, like, even more than before, dumbfounded at the appearance of this new person. A third daughter has hit the Harrison household. And she finally takes her eyes away from the cat in her arms. Uh, hi, mom and dad. They look at each other. <laughs> then your mom turns to you. You're right, it is a look. I thought it was a good look. And then Red, like, steps more into the middle of the room and attention kind of centers on her. She directs her attention at Blue. So, she's giving up her name for us. Blue's eyes go from red to you. She looks kind of dumbfounded. Yep. I spent six months uh, in the well, uh, in the primordial Feywilds as Amelia. So, you know, it's as much my name as any other thing. I figure that I need to make space in this life for everyone who lived it. And I, red hands on hips, am of the opinion that if one of us doesn't get to be Roxanne, then none of us get to be Roxanne. <sighs> okay, unexpected. Well, it isn't fair that the name we picked, the name I picked, gets to be only mine or only hers because forces outside of our control made it so that there were extras of us. <sighs> yeah. That's fair. You know, Steiner's been bugging me to become an official person. So I've been trying to figure out what to do about my name anyways. And it's not like we didn't have backups. True. True. <laughs> you know, that notebook with all the names in it's probably still upstairs in our old room. I don't know, unless, like, did you turn it into an office at some point? No, 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 no. Unless you did it in the last, like, six months. No, we've just been too busy to make that happen. We haven't needed the space. Oh, I, for one, don't need to go back up there and check. Because you're not speaking up. Giving a kind of wry... A little bit smug grin at blue. I'm going to lay claim to Iris. Ooh. Okay. And, you know, you can't really see Blue's face through the veil, but you could tell she might be pouting a little bit from the way her brows knit. <laughs> she kind of settles... And wiggles herself even deeper into the bean bag and 
scoots a bit so there's enough for her to lean back into. Fusses with Ancora for a little while. <sighs> I don't know. I could do Jane? We had thought about Jane. I mean, it's your name. You get to pick. The only people I talk too much nowadays just... She gives you a meaningful look. Use the long one. You can tell him to just call you Jane if you want. I could. <sighs> I might. <laughs> I'm glad to see you. It's, uh... Been a while. Yeah. It's been, uh... I haven't done much besides think. Center is actually kind of boring. I can imagine. Actually, wait a minute. You went back in time and everybody called you Amelia. Yeah. There's a wing of a building with your name on it. Oh my god, that's really embarrassing now. You can't tell me that. Oh, I'm literally never going to be able to sh show my face there. I mean, I think you have to. No, I'm just gonna go... I'm just gonna go live in the Deadlands forever. That's it. Look, just... Come by at some point, alright? Am I allowed to just come by, though? Like... I mean, Grant got to just show up. Wait, what? When did Grant show up? Back in January. <sighs> Amelia pulls out her phone and texts Grant, I'm going to fucking strangle you. Grant replies, why this time? When did you go? You went to the center and you didn't even tell me. When you see him... You'll see why I didn't. I'm still going to strangle you. That's fair. By the way, changing my name to Amelia permanently. Thumbs up emoji. We're all changing our names. No more Roxanne. Three thumbs up emojis. All right. Sorry, I had to yell at Grant. Oh. Well, I guess that's another place I've got to visit now. Instead of keeping myself so busy that I have nothing, I have an excuse not to. You know, you are allowed to come visit yourself. I'm sure Ancora doesn't mind seeing you. You are, after all, just as much her mom. Blue just kind of fusses Ancora into her lap such that she's not holding her anymore, and then she, like, spreads her arms and looks you in the face. What? As if you're the weirdest thing that's ever lived in lived in Southern California? Most things that... Nothing that lives in Southern California looks like this. I put my hands on my hip, and I also transform into my battle mode. Okay, but you can stop looking like that. 
Do you want to stop looking like that? I don't... Do I? I kind of like this, actually. Like I said, it's a good look. Well, can you come... Can you come take her from me so that she's not mad at me and is instead mad at you? I pick up Ancora. Jane gets up. <sighs> Turns to your mom and dad and just kind of fidgets nervously a bit. Look, um... I don't know if I'm ever gonna come back here. I just... I feel really out of place. I've... Even though the center is kind of boring, I feel like I belong better there, so... It was nice meeting you. Your mom and dad just kind of... They walk over to her, and... All three of them just look kind of awkward. Like, you can tell your parents recognize this as their daughter, but... She seems to be putting space between all of them, so, like, they don't know if physical affection is okay. Yeah, I don't want to force this. Like, if she's not comfortable doing this, I don't want to make her do it. This is just like a... I mean, like... I'm glad she's here. You know what? What if Iris and I just look at each other, look to each other, and make this a fucking group hug? I don't even give a shit. <laughs> just duck my head under uh, all the horns and whatnot. Pull everybody in, just absolutely force the issue. <laughs> Fuck it. There's a bunch of indignant noises from Blue. But also, she could definitely be fighting this a lot harder. <sighs> Look, it's not right to say goodbye without a hug. So, you come back if you want to, and if you don't want to, you don't. Okay. Your mom kind of wiggles to get a little bit closer. At least come back for Christmas. <sighs> I'll think about it. Oh, see, I know that one. That means yes, I'll do it. God, it sucks to be around you. <sighs> I'd stick my tongue out at her. She might return it. Does she even have a tongue? Who knows? Eventually, Jane does force the issue and wiggles her way out of this. Uh, I'm gonna go. I have a, I have a hole to contemplate. Bye, I guess. <laughs> and she just leaves. Iris just kind of regards all three of you. I'll make sure she has company regularly. It's obvious that two years, almost, of very little human interaction has not done good things for her. 
Yeah. Yeah, I wanted... I would like to give her space if she needs it, but... Uh... You know her better than I do? Also, how did you just, like, get to the center? Oh, I have a pass. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh... When they left after everything diffused, Adel basically said that she and I have a home in the center, if we want it. Okay, well, maybe if I go visit in a week or two, maybe I can also have a special pass to just go straight to the center. I wouldn't try it the first time. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to try it. I'll go the old-fashioned way. Okay, good. I've only been there to visit once, and I did a little looking around. There's something really wrong with that place. What do you mean? You know what, we can can talk about this later. I feel like Mom is going to have a fit if we have any more weird magic talk in front of her. Yeah, I would appreciate it if we could have a normal conversation for a little while. So we've already established you don't eat. Do you still eat? What, me? I can eat. Okay. Do you want to stay for dinner? Well, I think I will make the sacrifice to Miss Emery's cooking and let my mom feed me. Good. And you're welcome to stay even if you don't eat. Iris just kind of waves off. Sure. You know, maybe I should ask Grant the number for his therapist. So, Roxanne, what happens next? Oh. Fuck. Hey, hang on. I already messed it up. So, Amelia, what's next? Amelia? Yeah. Amelia, no middle name, Harrison. Do not go fly a plane over the Atlantic Ocean. Just make your middle name Roxanne. Just switch him. No! That defeats the purpose. <laughs> Ow. Not if the other two both take Roxanne as their middle name. Three women all have Roxanne as their middle names. I'm sure more than three women have Roxanne as a middle name. <laughs> Impossible. Um, okay. I don't know. Gets to say, like, oh yeah, it was my grandma. We're all just named after her. Yeah. Amelia, Iris, Jane, Roxanne, Harrison. Anyway. <laughs> I, after a few weeks and like after some things settle down Amelia is going to try and go visit the center I don't know who I should go visit through like I guess we've always done it through winter but uh, without Steiner there it feels a little awkward to do it What the hell? Why don't I just do spring? Yeah, spring seems like a pretty good entry point. 
I definitely don't just want an excuse to go to spring. Alright, so you can just bip yourself into the spring court, no problem. Yeah. And I just... Uh, I mean, I've spent a fair amount of time in the spring court. So I just, like... Uh, you know, I stand in line to speak to the King of Spring. Yeah, I, I try to I try to do this as fish officially as possible to stay on the King of Spring's good side. The King and Princess are both holding court today. Yes, uh... Rather than, like, speaking my when I do eventually get to uh, to the spring, the King of Spring, rather than like speaking my thing out loud, because I know it's kind of a secret. I just have it like written down in like the closest approximation of Fey I can write. Well, actually, I mean, like, I guess he can. The King of Spring can probably read English, so I just oh, yeah. I have my request written down rather than saying it out loud. Yeah, and even if he, you know, doesn't know it natively takes it, works a little bit of spellcraft over it, and reads through it. He does that thing where, like, his bottom lip kind of comes up a little bit, and he nods, his eyebrows are just a little bit raised, rolls the request up, and then kind of, like, tosses it just straight up a little bit, and it incinerates as it spins upward. Hmm. And upon what grounds do you make this request? Ah, uh, I was requested to visit by a family member. How does a family member of yours come to reside in such a place? They were invited by the ruler. Okay, now his eyebrows go all the way up. The Master of the Wilds has invited a human to live there. Uh, not so much a human. A former human. Someone who was once a single person, along with myself and one other, but is now a separate entity, which I don't think he would be able to say is exactly human. Strokes thoughtfully at his beard. Do you have any reason to believe that the Master of the Wilds would object to your presence? Not to my knowledge. And if such a thing were to be true, I would take full responsibility. As I would expect you to. Very well, then. I'll need you to wait until I have seen all of the others who require my adjudication. Of course, I will wait patiently. You gotta go find, like, a place to chill out, because you are here for the rest of the fucking day. Unfortunately. Today is a busy day for the Court of Spring. It's fine. Hopefully I won't have to come through spring again next time, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Eventually court does break. The king rises 
from his throne and escorts you deep into the palace. As you leave, Quenso kind of like gives you a wink and a nod. Uh-huh. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> and you go back and back and then down long spiraling flight of stairs you come to a heavy wooden door with no visible hinges no visible handle no visible lock the king reaches into his robe and withdraws a ring that he hands to you i take the ring you need to be sure to be wearing it at all times while in this chamber will also need to return it to me upon your return. Of course. And he reaches out and he places his hand upon the door and it seems like he goes to start concentrating, but then he stops turns to look at you again. I apologize if you are disturbed by what is in here. Then he turns back to the door, focuses properly this time, and the wood just seems to withdraw into the surrounding wall in all directions, radially. Neat. And you are immediately beset by several things. Disgusting sounds. Awful smells. It's a dark chamber. You hear skittering and squelching wriggling you can faintly see what looked to be some kind of limb of some kind of creature long and many segmented hooked and barbed and too fluid the king leads you down into the room you feel observed it makes your skin crawl to have whatever is in here looking at you. Mm. In retrospect, I should have expected something like this. You get to the bottom and there is the circle, the teleportation circle to the center that you recognize from the winter court on the floor. The king directs you to step into it. When you do, he works the spell and you are teleported into the center it's very similar to the last time you were here you're in a, the same sort of room it's dark and rectangular and kind of small there is an attendant in here they are dressed in smartly cut dark robes they don't appear visibly armed but you feel a kind of danger radiating off of them although it's not directed at you because you came through the front door right they're still a very uncanny elf they're, they're of elven make, but there's something distinctly 
incorrect that you can't quite place, but it makes the back of your head upset. Their head rotates to you. Welcome. Hello. I, uh, I'm here to speak to my sister. Their head rotates clockwise like a curious animal, but it rotates just a little bit too far. Then it comes back. Ah. Yes. Very good, then. This way. They turn and place a hand on a sigil on the wall, and a door just pushes out, slides silently away. You are led out of the receiving chamber and into the center. It's the same as it always has been. It's a weird... It's wooded all over. It's a weird hodgepodge of, you know, snowy evergreens, wilting reds and oranges of fall, the bright, vibrant greens of spring, and the thick, heavy, dense, humid foliage of summer all just kind of mashed together into a single forced mass. The air feels at once stagnant and charged. And the brown cobble path you walk is as pristine as ever. You are led out. You are led to the pit. The pit. Great hole in the ground where treasures are kept. And Jane is sitting there on the edge. His feet kind of idly kicking. Her arms are crossed on her thighs and she's leaning forward a little bit and contemplating her tail is kind of waving behind her like a curious cat. Swish. Swish. She doesn't appear to notice your approach. I just walk up and I sit on the edge next to her. Not right next to her, but close enough. So is this what you do? You just stare at a hole? There's a lot in this hole. <sighs> yeah, I don't doubt it. I think there's a guy down there. I also don't doubt that. What kind of guy do you think? They feel like Adel, but smaller. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really get a chance to speak to them, but there was... I did get to meet someone a little bit like... Some two people a little bit like Adel. Before, uh... Before I left and went back uh, forward in time. They didn't really strike me as particularly nice people, but, uh, well, I hope it's not one of them. 
That feels like a really shitty place to get stuck. Bottom of a hole. Well, I'd go ask, but I try and leave it all alone as much as I can. Yeah. I don't know if Grant told you, but they're sick. Sick? Yeah, there's, um... There's this other person here, the... Like, really dark skin, almost kind of looks blue. Uh, they seem to be the same kind of person as Meza. Their, their name's Brada. Um, they're like some kind of doctor or something, and they mentioned to me at one point that Adol just after all that time down in the hole of getting psyched up to kill everybody that not doing that and also being away from the Feywilds and being on Earth which has so much less mana and not being able to eat or drink anything besides like worms and moles and stuff that occasionally found their way into the tunnels somehow. They just... All of that kind of came crashing down once they came back here. And now they're kind of really sick. Oh, that's... Ah. Uh, brutal. Wow. Yeah. Apparently Grant showed up and did something. According to Brada, he claimed he did three days worth of medicine in an instant, which sounds like a lie. Oh, I know how he did that. Yeah, that does sound like a lie, but he definitely did it then. Okay. Uh, okay, so like... You remember, you remember when he first came to California? Yeah. And like he was supposed to, he like, what? He like left, and then he showed up way later than he was supposed to be. I remember him complaining about that. Yeah, it turns out that like, the person who sent us back in time had like taken that time away, and he got that time back when we met her as, like, a thing he could spend how he wanted. And I guess he must have spent it here. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever he did, apparently it helped. Because he's still really sick, but he's a lot less sick than he was. Jeez. Well... I would go and say hi, but I don't want to bother him if he's sick. I mostly just came to see you. I just wanted to see how you were doing. I mean, I'm doing all right. I am contemplating the man in the hole. There's not a lot to do here, which is honestly fine for now because I need to, I need to be somewhere where things aren't expected of me, where I could just do nothing and that's okay. Okay. Well. Then. 
Do you want to just sit here and talk? Or do you want to sit here and do nothing? Well, I mean, if you come all this way, we could do something. As long as you don't ask me to save the world or anything. God, no, I don't want to save the world either. No more world saving. The world can save itself. Look, there are several billion people on the planet. I think maybe someone else can save it. She finally looks away from the pit and turns to you. You want to go see the place that's got your name on it? No, but I will. Her eyes kind of crinkle up in a way that tells you she's smiling. <sighs> so speaking of Mesa, where are they? Where are they anyway? Oh, they just hang out with Adol all the time. I think. I don't see much of them. I think even like this, I'm still too human. Oh, I see. That's really unfortunate. <sighs> Look, I think I remember Grant saying something about when I, ghosts being stuck or something like that. Oh, so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe... Are, are they still a ghost? I mean, I guess that makes sense they'd still be a ghost. If Adol's too sick to do anything about it. Yeah. I'm hoping that when Adol does whatever they're going to do to bring them back to life, they'll be able to start moving on. Yeah. Yeah, death seems, uh, pretty rough. Jane just goes back to kicking her feet and staring down into the pit. I thought we were going to go see the building. When you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Well, she's waiting on you to get up. I take, I pick myself up from the hole. She does this weird kind of move where she, like, rolls back onto her feet. Her spine definitely bends, like, uncomfortably far in the course of doing that move. That's a trick. I've got a lot of them. <laughs> Alright. So is it time for me to be incredibly embarrassed about a building of my name on it? <laughs> Look, it's not a whole building, and she kind of, like, starts walking. Okay. She starts leading you deeper into the center. You wind up passing the maid of the center, and she looks basically the same as the last time you saw her, except she's armed now. She has this really long, really thin sword and a black scabbard on her hip. And... She, she just kind of like watches the two of you as you pass and Jane waves at her amicably, doesn't like stop. As you keep going, your senses are sharp enough, you pick up on the footsteps following you. I also wave, but more like awkwardly. <laughs> as you follow the brown cobble path like, deeper and deeper back 
At one point you pass a kind of, you know, short, squat, rectangular, kind of homey building with no door. And you can feel there, there's power radiating out of there in a kind of jumpy manner. It, it sparks out on occasion. You can immediately tell Adel's in there. I, like, look over, but I don't stop or anything. You are too far away to see inside. The inside isn't well-lit enough in order to actually, like, make anything out. Ah. But you expressed a desire to leave them alone, so Jane doesn't take you that way and instead just leads you straight past it, further down the path, towards the buildings that are in the back. They've always just kind of been there, and you have really no idea about their function, but they're all made of a kind of, like, dark red stone with a kind of soft finish. It it reminds you of adobe, but, like, the color's displaced just a little bit. It's just ever so slightly a different shade. And they're all pretty grand-looking buildings, you know. Spires and towers, parapets, buttresses, and like the further away you get from the pit, the greater and grander they get. I've led past a couple of these, their purpose is inscrutable. And you come to a stop outside of one stately building. Very rectangular. There's a bunch of balconies up on its second and third floors. And you can see there are there's furniture on them. Definitely tables and chairs to sit at. And there is a sign above it, but it's in like old elven, like the old tongue that you might have seen. You know, in the course of you working with Malfa, you might have gotten a glimpse at Avda's doctor records. It's it's that script. Hmm. So. It's in here. <sighs> I look around. Is this like a museum or something? Are you going inside? Or are you just looking at the outside? Well, I mean, okay, so... What does the outside say? Can I use magic to read the old tongue? Fear the old tongue? <laughs> you can. Become woman by the old tongue? I'm gonna... Do I have my character sheet open? I do. Okay. I'm gonna roll weird. Let's do a little spell. Let's roll an eight for a little spell. What's your glitch? Let's take a little glitch. Ah... Uh... I'm just gonna fucking take a harm. I don't even give a shit. Lame. I mean, okay. I feel... I don't wanna... Let me look at the glitches again. Okay. But what if... What is the... Uh, what is the problematic side effect? I want a problematic side effect, actually. <laughs> okay, okay. The problematic side effect is I can't read English. <laughs> 
I don't want short duration or week, because I figure I'm going to want to be able to read more things. That's pretty fair. Okay, so... You cast a little spell to read the old tongue. And it's... It's a word that kind of resolves in your head in a similar way to true speech. It's definitely like multiple meanings layered on top of each other. But it all kind of resolves into like knowledge repository. It is a museum then, or a library. It's, it's 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 like you know part of it is library and part of it is like record keeping and part of it is like explicitly historical and some of it's like uh, research archive it's a lot of things at once that just all resolve simultaneously into knowledge repository i look over to jane and i go can we go in what yeah, are we allowed to go in? Okay, I can't understand you anymore. <laughs> oh. Hang on. Let me see if I can do it. You can feel some magic start to coalesce inside of her. I'm going to roll weird. Oh my she God. gets a 10. Okay. Okay, again? Can we just go in? Okay, I can un- I can understand you now. Yeah, we can go in. I've been in. We kind of just have the run of the place for now, I think. I just... No offense, but I think the maid is still following us, so like... I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely back there. She just kind of looks over your shoulder and waves. And like, she is mildly terrifying. Oh, yeah. No, I uh, I tried to go down into the pit to investigate who's down there, and I wound up back up top, and she was grabbing me by the scruff of the neck, and uh, I I got a talking to. <laughs> Don't go into the pit. Check. She's very scary, actually. But no, it's fine. We're allowed in here. Two of you can walk up the steps. There's a set of big, heavy stone doors that you gotta push. You gotta put some weight behind your arms to get them open. They do slide open weirdly soundlessly for how heavy they are. Hey, I mean, there's a super-powered maid here. Somebody's gotta be keeping the, uh, the hinges greased. <laughs> the two of you walk in and it smells like a library in here ah my favorite smell the smell of book and all three stories of this building the walls are lined with tomes and there are also standalone shelves also packed to bursting with texts of various forms. There are a couple of, like, stands with what seem to be artifacts on them, but those are much fewer in number compared to the written accounts. 
lining this building. Do I recognize anything on the stands? Just as a fun question. Is there a guitar on the stands? <laughs> <laughs> Did you take the guitar with you? No. When you left? No, I gave it to somebody to hold, and then I left. That's right, that's right, you did. Okay, so you don't immediately recognize anything, but Jane, like, leads you in because you have a destination in mind. At one point, you pass what seemed to be, at first glance, a collection of gold-tipped white feathers. Ah, I'm guessing they're scales. Yeah, once you get closer, the light definitely reflects off them incorrectly to be feathers. Those are definitely dragon scales. As we go, I just sort of like point out to Jane the things that I recognize then. I'm just like, oh, I remember when Adel killed that thing. It was huge. <laughs> But you get led up to the third floor and you go into a back corner and there is a a plinth with your prototype guitar well-worn encased in some kind of magical glass and the shelves directly across from it, you know, I assume you're going to stop to fondly regard your old instrument, but Jane just kind of elbows you to get your attention and then points up. And in the middle of one of the shelves is a placard that just kind of stretches out. The text is like normal sized and normal kerning and it's centralized but the plinth that it's written on is like stretched out to indicate that what it's referring to encapsulates several shelves and it's Amelia's tradition oh my gosh and Jane just kind of drifts up and grabs a book seemingly at random sets back down flips it open, turns a couple of pages, turns the book around, and hands it to you. Census data. Yeah, I, uh... <sighs> when I was there, I started keeping a book of people because I... I didn't want to forget anyone that I met there. And I knew it was going to be so long in the future that I I didn't know if there would be any record of them. So I had this idea that I was going to... That we should keep records of everybody that came through. I, I forgot to leave the first book that I made behind, but they... I gave it to Adel when we got back, and... I guess somebody else took up the torch. She just kind of looks at all the shelves. Seems like a lot of people kept up the torch. Yeah. 
Where's I, I I basically go to the first like in line that I can find. Yeah, you basically like go to the upper left hand corner. Yeah, like I don't know if there's a ladder, but I might have to ask Jane to get it for me. There is definitely a ladder, because not everybody who might come to look at these books can fly. But if you ask, she'll go and get it for you. You can definitely look around and you can find it. She'll go up and get it for you and bring it back down. Yeah, I just, I don't know, who who wrote the next book? Anybody recognize? It's somebody you met, but didn't interact with too much. Huh. It was this, uh, kind of soft-spoken, but stern Faye. Like, kind of a bright pink hair that uh, they kept pretty long. They wore armor, but definitely weren't built like a warrior and they didn't carry themselves like a warrior and they never joined the hunters or the gatherers. As far as you knew this person, Tenday, it seemed like they might have inherited that, those clothes from somebody or, you know, was given them by somebody who didn't need them anymore for whatever reason. Huh. Interesting. I kind of just, like, page through it, looking for anybody that I know, see, like, what happened to some people, see if anything like that is in there. Did they start recording causes of death at any point? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of old age. Like, it, it seems like Adel did a really good job of just keeping people safe to the degree that they could die of natural causes, but there were also some people who died of illnesses, uh, either chronic or sudden onset that just no one was able to figure out before it was too late. Right. Just out of curiosity, is Zulf in there anywhere? Oh yeah. There's, um, there's also information, and there's like, some of your work has been like lightly edited nothing was ever crossed out but there's like not footnotes but whatever the word for a footnote that's between lines would be yeah there's like references to other works that are were definitely written by somebody else like you get a feel for what 10 days handwriting looks like and like somebody other than them definitely came back no wait no you're you would have to be looking through other works because you kept yours with you right yeah yeah but um yeah it's so let me like sort of walk that back there is definitely uh in the the newer volumes you know, newer second to x however many hundreds are on these shelves you know 10 days handwriting eventually stops and gets handed off to somebody else's but then also there's notes in even different handwriting like referencing and you find a couple of entries of like people obviously wanted to 
make reference back to the volume you kept with you. So there's talk of other, you know, there's notes under other musicians or like they refer to Zulf as the one they learned music from. But then they can't like refer back to who Zulf is. There has to be like tiny notes written about Zulf instead of a proper entry. Mm. But then you can follow those references forward and back. There there are some that go or you want to refer back, but then they're also forward and you can like check those and you can sort of trace like a lineage of traditions. You know, you can find Zulf's first apprentice and the first person who like dedicated learned music under Zulf and then there's a reference to Zulf and then the one who like immediately apprenticed under them you can reference that to the correct volume and find their proper entry and then there's the reference back to Zulf's first apprentice and then the next one in the chain and there's this like long winding chain between volumes of the tradition of music same deal with Malfa. You can find their first apprentice, you know, besides you. Ha. And you can trace that winding tradition down the line. You know, some of the other people you met. You remember the doctor that Grant apprenticed under Avda. You remember Aster, the journal keeper. That's what I was going to ask next. Uh, Kudo, who Steiner went out on gathering missions with a lot. You can find things that refer back to all of these people, and then you can trace their lineages forward. Wow. Well, I'm really glad I got to find out what happened to all these folks. And I feel really bad that I didn't leave my volume. I mean, I guess it's here now, it's just... Maybe it would have been useful. Well, actually, is it here here, or is it just like, I know Adel has it? It's here here. And Jane brought it down from the shelf. Oh, okay. Adel handed it off to somebody on their arrival here, and it was properly archived. Cool. Yeah, I start putting everything back and I just go, I'm really glad you showed me this, actually. I... I didn't even know where to begin figuring out what happened to everybody I left behind. Looks like they all had some pretty successful lives. Yeah. You can, uh, Actually, a couple of these, if you... I decided to go looking, because, you know, that's my middle name up there. Got curious, even if I didn't understand why. It stops after a while, I guess, when, you know, whenever all, whatever brought all these people together stopped being a thing. Um, but if you follow it down, like, close to the end, you can find 
some people who are like the, well they're not around anymore but they are part of the courts as we know them now like the the whole thing with the spring court where they like make a bunch of monsters and poisons and weird animals and organs and stuff like that yeah I know a little bit too well about that uh if you, uh, where was it? She kind of pulls out a book, flips through it, shakes her head, puts it away, pulls out another, flips through it, nods, turns it around and hands it to you, and then like kind of leans over it and points. Yeah, that one right there, you can see, that's the founder of what they call the Guild Hall now, which is their weird laboratory. All right. What am I seeing? You know, you're seeing like a, a standard entry. You know, you got the name, you got the cause of death, and you've got the the lineage notation. You know, so you can trace it backwards through all of the texts, and then there's another like note at the bottom that tells you what they were doing, and it's founded the. Guild Hall of the Spring Court, head biomancer until death of old age. Huh. That's really weird to think about. I mean, everything's got to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I didn't really, didn't really expect anything I did to have that far-reaching of a uh, an effect. So, Amelia, all this information in hand, what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue what to do at this point. Just want to go set out on the balcony and contemplate the ripples of your actions? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> Alright. You can definitely do that for as long as you like. Change just kind of go off and peruse the tradition. But you're going to have to go home eventually. At the very least to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta go feed the pets, gotta go eat my food, gotta go... Well, you know, honestly, at this point I've kind of gotten good on studying. And there's only so much studying ahead you can do. It's not like I'm in actual medical school yet. Mm -hmm. So? So you're gonna collect your sister and... Then what? I'm gonna walk back with her to the hole that she contemplates, and <laughs> I basically look at her and I go, Do you think I- do I have to exit the way I came in? Can I just, like, leave? Oh, you should definitely leave the way you came in. Okay. Oh, boy. I, uh, okay. I, I don't know if you've, like, properly looked around. I wouldn't do anything to piss anybody off here. That's why I asked first. She's just kind of like looking up. Like there's there's nothing there as far as you could tell, but she is definitely like looking at 
something that's up. Ah, uh, okay, well, next time I come visit, uh, I think I might have to, I might go through a, a different door. Uh, I gotta go give this ring back. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, um. You want me to come back sometime? Yeah, if you'd like. Yeah. Maybe I'll just, like, come visit once a month. We can catch up. You can tell me what you're thinking about, and I can tell you what's going on in SoCal. I think I'd like that. Yeah. Maybe one of these days I'll come back and Ada will be feeling better. I can... Uh, we can talk... then. I don't know if you're gonna want to wait that long. The way Brada talks, it's gonna... It's gonna be a long time. Well... Uh, maybe I can talk to Brada and work some of my own magic to speed things along. Hey. Not today, though. I gotta get to sleep. Yeah. So you can head out the way you came in. Mm-hmm. Still really distressing to go through the room. You can find the king, hand the ring back to him. He accepts it back graciously. Says that he hopes your trip was fruitful. I learned quite a bit. Then you can head home. So, like two-thirds of the way through the year, you mm -hmm. finally managed to get everything in place to get a house up on Mount San Jacinto. Yeah. Finally, no longer a joke. I have, uh, I have a haven, like the expert with two options. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, it takes some doing. It takes the help of basically everybody. You need to get your brother's help involved because, you know, he can do some teleportation stuff and also he can do some bullshit teleportation stuff you discover partway through the year. Like, even more bullshit than usual. So between that this and, fucking like, guy. <laughs> the assistance of all your friends from Elysium, I I'm not going to ask for a role for this, but you are able to relocate the little prefab house up into a region of the mountain that is relatively isolated, and that, you know, you've flattened out and prepared for a building and then even more magic nonsense can be done to like make plumbing happen without the need to actually like hook yourself into any water lines same thing with electricity look there's this tentacle dimension that i know about <laughs> and you know the the pets are happy to have a place to 
run around in. It takes additional work, but like the warding that kind of keeps people out, you can set up basically that backwards to keep the animals in. Oh yeah, I definitely would do something like that. You don't need the fucking displacer beast to find its way down to the children's summer camp. No, that sounds bad. (laughs) And Blackbird loves having one of his friends up here all the time to hang out with. He's there all the time to hang out with, and it's just this constant cloud of feathered friends in your presence. Yeah, it's a little awkward, what with Hankora, but someday (laughs) I will teach that cat not to murder. Not to murder birds, at least. (laughs) Only murder when it calls for it. Your claws are a tool of justice. (laughs) And, you know, the greenhouse as well. That gets set up in much the same way a little while later. You run into a problem, though. Okay. And it's not with your living situation at all. Okay. You run into a problem with the feds. The feds? The feds. But the feds aren't supposed to know I'm here! The feds don't necessarily know you're there. They know Blackbird's up here. Blackbird is very interesting to the DHEA. Well, that's unfortunate for them. Blackbird complains about the frequent encroachment of armed investigators upon the mountain, definitely searching for her. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. Mm Hmm. Well, asking nicely doesn't seem like it's going to work. No, no, hold on. I mean, the feds know who I am, or whatever. Yeah, you worked with them Halloween night. They all are basically on a first-name basis with you, at least the local ones. Yeah, so there is, like, a moment where I, like... They kind of, like, keep coming up, so I know where they sort of end up parking, and I'm just, like, waiting for them one time. Mm Mm-hmm. I try to start up some friendly conversation, like, oh, hello, gentlemen, what are you doing up here? <laughs> uh, one who is kind of like in your little unit on the Halloween hunt. Let's call him, let's call him Ralph. I like Ralph. Ralph's a good name. Ralph Anderson. Huh, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Ralph Anderson is the one who approaches you. Afternoon. Afternoon. I just, uh... Yeah. I spend a lot of time up here. I keep seeing you guys going around. I was just curious what you guys are up to. Anything uh, Hmm. a normal civilian should be worried about? Oh, well, you see, when we were, uh... There was uh, an incident up here back uh, mid-August. Uh And during that incident, some of our field agents happened to catch sight of an an avian anomaly. Uh, That's weird. 
We have reason to believe that it is still up here somewhere. Huh. Department policy is that we can't simply allow these things to lie. I mean, it's been like, how long since you guys are up here? So it was August. Well, what time is it now? Like in game? Oh, wait, that would have actually been like August of 2012. And it's presently like August of 2014. So like it's been two years then. Yeah. It's been like two years. Hmm? You sure this thing didn't just like take flight? We've considered it, but no, there have been sightings. Mm. And unfortunately, the department doesn't really allow for cold cases. Things need to be resolved one way or the other. <sighs> All right. Well, <sighs> you gentlemen stay safe. There's worse things than birds on this mountain. Uh, you'd be safe too. Stay out of trouble, ma'am. Of course. Uh, I am just a college student now. I try to keep myself out of trouble. I just like the peace and quiet up here. You, uh, you moved up here. Oh, I spend a lot of time up here. Don't have a place of my, place of my own up here. Really? That's, uh, it's quite a hike. I believe our records indicate you live in Glendora. That's a hundred miles away. You spend a lot of time up here? Well, you know, I'm quite capable of getting around, if you recall. Hmm. I suppose so. I like the food. I like getting away from everything. Better than the air down in L. Uh, down in the, uh, well, you know, mm, Valley Air, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, stay safe. Will do. They were already on their way out when you caught them, so they load up and leave. Yeah. So. I'm basically going to start the most uh, guerrilla warfare harassment campaign against these dudes I could possibly do. <laughs> Alright. Tell me more, tell me more. It's going to start pretty, like, minor, right? Like, um, do people stay behind and watch the trucks? Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. Like, just one or two people, usually. Just stay back to make sure there's no like vandalism or carjacking or anything and also to be like backup right 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 definitely so uh just one of the days when no one's when they're not paying attention and i can manage to get down there i just oh i can turn into a snake now can't i Hell yes. Yes. Post-integration, you have everything. Now, you have the best of both timelines. Greta and now Kovia did an excellent job on it, so you got all of your transformations, you got your preternatural speed, you got your perfect teleportation. <laughs> oh, this is terrible for them. 
<laughs> I sneak up and just when no one's looking, one of the wheels on the cars just uh, goes missing. I just uh, teleport away with it. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, next time they come up, it escalates. Two wheels. <laughs> Thankfully, somebody was really nice and left a jack there so the car doesn't tip over. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, another day a windshield is gone. Oh. Well, that's just real unsafe. That car has to be left behind. And they have to, like, get someone out here to put a new windshield on it and then drive it back. Yeah. The weirdest thing is they get reports of somebody dumping a uh, some perfectly nice tires and a windshield just uh, uh, out in northern uh, northern California. What you should do is instead of escalating at some point, you should de-escalate and just steal a couple of lug nuts from a wheel just so that way when they freak out like what's wrong with the car, they have to look at everything. And then, oh, <laughs> three lug nuts are missing. That's not safe. But also, it's just a little annoying. Uh, the only reason I wouldn't do that is in case they think maybe it stopped and they go driving without uh, all the lug nuts on the, on the wheels. I would hate for someone to actually get hurt. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, and then one of these days, I just take a whole car with me. dump it in Northern California again. It's it's somewhere public where I know they'll find it. Mm-hmm. I want to make it a pain in the ass for them to get it back. Right, right. So after a couple of weeks of this harassment, you finally get the big guns. You met him a couple of times. You get Eric Jacobson, the actual head of the Southern California branch of the DHEA. Like, while Ashley was here, he was second in command, but now that she's gone, he rules the roost. He just comes up on his own? Like, no, with them? like, a, a couple people. He brings a couple of people with him. And it's actually a little bit scary when he does, because like, he gets out of his car, he's dressed in plain clothes. He's definitely strapped. Like he's, he's got oh, a yeah. handgun. It isn't, he, it isn't Ashley's handgun, but he's armed. And he walks straight up to your front door. Of my house? Yes. That's, un that's, uh, hmm. Okay. I answer the door. Hello. Afternoon, Miss Harrison. Ah. Good afternoon, uh, Director, I want to say. Agent. Agent. Director's the big guy on top of it all. Just agent. I thought maybe you got a special title when you were in charge of a, a branch, you know? Can I help Internally, you? Internally, yeah, but it's fine. Um, yes, you can. 
So, kind of puts his hands together in front of his face, and he's smiling a little bit. I'd like to reach some kind of accord. Oh, wonderful. So would I. What can I do for you? Kind of looks around. May I come in? Ah, uh, yes. Well, hmm. One moment, sorry, I need to put some things away. Embarrassing, I don't get very many visitors. I... I'd imagine with the fields, you definitely have placed around here. Well, I don't know about that. It would be certainly very strange if a DHEA agent knew enough about magic to get around some sort of magical fields, wouldn't it? It's just a house that most people don't see. Right, right, right. It's a, it's a house that, uh... Uh, it's it's a house in a region on a mountain that well-trained agents never seem to sweep through. Weird. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, you know? People with, uh, GPS trackers on them, you know, they, they wander around, and you, you trace those trails long enough, and they, they kind of draw a little, a nice little circle around a, a spot on a mountain. Tells you things. Well, consider me outsmarted. Was he the big rock there that people have to go around? Consider me outsmarted. Just gives you a clever, friendly smile. Alright, I basically I shut my door real quick and I scoop up Ancora and I still need a name for that lizard. You scoop him up. I scoop them up and I put them both in my room because I don't need to give them more of an excuse to come up here. Okay. And I let I let him in. Comes inside, looks around, sniffs. You keep animals? Ah. You know, occasionally, you know, there are wild animals all over the place occasionally. The feral cat sneaks in or a raccoon gets in that uh, doesn't work so well on animals okay so uh, may I sit oh uh, I've got a table over here I do have guests occasionally they just don't usually use the front door sits down steeples his fingers so Miss Harrison. Yes? It's apparent you are going to make things exceptionally difficult for us. <sighs> well, yes. Yes, I, uh... The anomaly that you're looking for, I happen to be quite fond of him, is, uh, completely harmless. I hope you understand unless provoked by actual violence and just simply lives up here with the birds. And I would like to let let them stay up here with their bird friends. I certainly don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want anyone else to get hurt. So I was simply trying to discourage any repeated trips up here. Nodding along, faces genteel, but still a little bit unreadable. 
That's all very well and good, and I can understand the sentiment, I can sympathize with it. There's an issue, however, and that's... Your friend is already in our system. And the department does not allow for cold cases. Even if things suddenly go missing, they still need to be investigated off and on until a conclusive conclusion can be found. Now, seeing as how you are going to make it very difficult for us to reach a conclusive conclusion, The only way for is to drop from our records and stop requiring our occasional presence be for us to falsify documents. We'd have to lie on official federal paperwork. That sounds like a lot of work. Hmm. So what exactly are you asking me here? Oh, a trade. What am I trading? Territory. Go on. Well, we could stop coming up here. But we need all of you to give us some plot of land. It's just ours. Mm. I mean... Uh, where? Please understand, first of all, that I that I am not uh, in a position to make this trade with you. In fact, you would have to you would know much better than I do who to speak to about this. But mm. first of all, where? Oh, I figured a mountain for a mountain. Hmm. Which mountain? Or just any mountain? Um. See, I was thinking Big Bear. Is there anything, any reason that would that would jump out at me? Uh, that's where the Tripadero hunt was. Uh, huh. Roll me sharp real quick. Okay. I got a seven. Okay. You've lived here long enough that you would know Big Bear isn't a mountain, it's a lake on a mountain. Okay. So, he's, he's... He said he wanted a mountain, but he didn't name one. What mountain is Big Bear on? I mean, I can see it on the map. San... Gorgonio? See, it's actually kind of like a small mountain range up there. There are several. Zooming in on Google Maps, that's there's Butler Peak, there's Sugarloaf Mountain, there's San Gorgonio. It can turn into Mount San Antonio after if you go far enough west. Hmm. That's an odd request, though, that you're asking of me. Big Bear is a lake, not a mountain. His smile gets a little bit wider. Can I... Hmm. 
I guess I already just rolled sharp. I was going to say, can I read a bad situation? <laughs> you can do a move, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to read a bad situation. All right. I hope I roll better this time than last time. No, I failed completely. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking completely out of mess here. You're just a little too nervous having this guy in your house. And he's just a little too friendly, a little too disarming. Hmm. Well, I'm afraid I can't really go forward to this offer if you won't be clear about what it is you're asking for here. You want a mountain for a mountain. Big Bear is a lake. I assume you don't mean the entire mountain range around Big Bear, because that would be a... I don't think it would be a very fair trade, exactly. Well, wouldn't it? No, because it's very vague wording. I wouldn't... We wouldn't know where your territory stops or starts. Oh, well, you had said that you can't authorize any of this. Of course, I'm going to have to go get a hold of Emery Parker. I was just hoping that when I approached them, I could have you in my corner. I'm afraid everything is ultimately up to Emery. But they like you. And they'll listen to you if you ask. Sure. But if Emery does not think, doesn't think that it's in the best interests of the Ravens, then I'm disinclined to agree. Regardless of what I stand to gain from it. I see. I will pass your message along first and foremost. And make Emery aware of all of the variables. He gives you another too easy smile. Emery has my phone number. Once you've made them aware of everything, you can give me a call and we can start working it out. Yeah. Of course. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, though. Likewise. Ah, want me to show you out. Stand, push in his chair, allow you to escort him to the front door. Yeah. And, uh, I'd appreciate a phone call next time before you come strolling up to my front door. Oh, I don't think I have your number. H. Darius didn't leave it with us before she left. Oh, that's so strange. Well, you can write a letter. I still, I can still, uh, receive mail just fine. Of course. I apologize for disturbing you. Of course. He'll make his way out. He and his people will get off the mountain. Yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> I, um... Immediately just, like, fire off a text to Emery. Saying, hey, I'm going to come by and talk to you about some stuff later. I've got to do some work, though. And I basically start futzing with the wards around my uh, cabin. Mm -hmm. Specifically, 
anybody that is affiliated with the DHEA and not invited is physically barred from entry. <laughs> okay. Not only that, Eric Jacobson is uh, by name specifically, uh, like by naming him, I am hoping to specifically increase the wards to him. <laughs> Mostly because I am wary of the DHEA trying to raid my cabin while I'm not home. That's pretty fair. Has the scary federal agent got you a bit spooked? No, no, no. I just want to... I just want to employ the less than lethal intruder deterrence into, before uh, they get to the one I carved into my front door that makes the will make the front door explode if tried to if somebody tries to force it. <laughs> all right, all right. All fair and valid. Mike, he is scary, yes, but he's scary in a very human way, and I'm scary in a strictly inhuman way. <laughs> and I'm trying to deal with this as two human beings. Very valid. Emery is more than happy to see you. Ah, Emery, I have a situation. We have a situation, but I have a situation specifically. You have my attention. So, Eric Jacobson. Eric Jacobs? Whatever. Jacobson, you had it. Yeah, uh, Jacobson seems to have found my cabin through, uh, process of elimination. I'll have to work on that part later, but... Yeah, he's way too clever for his own good sometimes. Well... He made me an offer, which I told him that I would tell you about, but obviously I was in no position to uh, agree to. Okay. The offer was basically they would remove Blackbird from the system that uh, tracks anomalies and stay off the mountain. But in return, they wanted their own space that we weren't allowed to intrude in. His words, not mine. Hmm. He said, Big Bear. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah, alright. That's, that's... That's that's just gonna be everything west of the 15, then. Yeah, it didn't Smart seem like us. a very failed deal to me. Fair deal to me. Okay. Um. Well... He's he's slick, and he's a real son of a bitch sometime, but we've struck bargains before. That's it's how the whole Halloween arrangement uh, right. worked out. I might be able to uh, ne negotiate with him. Maybe I can get the whole Jacinto State Park out of him. 
I, I want to be clear. Um, and you know, I trust you enough not to be doing this, but I just, it would sit bad with me if I didn't say this. You know, don't make this deal on my account. You know? I am perfectly willing to keep dealing with this problem on my own. And I know you would also like to keep Blackbird safe. I just, uh... I don't want you to enter into any sort of deal on my account that will end up hurting the Ravens and what we do here. So the... Problem is, I, I've been working with uh, Jacobson for a while now. I know how he works. Uh, he's, uh, he's pleasant to talk to, but he, um, he, how can I, how can I put this? He's a lot more comfortable with putting the screws to us than, uh, Ashley is. Now that now that he's made this offer, there's um. If I turn it down, um. He'll he'll escalate. Uh, with you. And. Uh, you know, and don't take this the wrong way. You're good. I I know how good you are. Um. Against any one of them, any. A dozen of them. I'd be in your corner every second. Uh, but there, there's, there's a critical mass of force that they can output that we can't match. Uh, they, they have more people. They have more resources. They have more time uh, and jurisdiction, and legal power us they can they can occupy the mountain if they really want to and Jacobson will really want to after a point so it it's it 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 could be it could have been better it could be uh, worse for us but Knowing this guy like I do, I'm gonna have to negotiate for the best that I can get, but I'm gonna have to accept it. Okay. Well, then if the mountain's ours, just make sure that he knows that I will know if he oversteps those boundaries. For what it's worth, uh, he—I don't think he will. He—he he hasn't broken any of our accords so far, and it would have served his, you know, uh, position to do so several times. So I—I I, I think he's the kind of person to honor deals. He just plays hardball with making them. <laughs> All right. 
I just... <sighs> frustrated about it. That's all. Yeah, I, I understand. And... Please don't think this is your fault. Uh, this... Whether or not you started living up there, this they, they, they would have been hunting Blackbird one way or another. And... Blackbird doesn't want to live here forever, so we would have had to do something eventually. Yeah. I just thought maybe I'd have more time to prepare is all. And um, whatever sort of accord we reach, I need to know that I can trust you not to bite back or escalate if we get a raw deal. If that's what you're going to ask me to do, then that's what I'll do. No wink, wink, nudge, nudge, no... Nothing. If you ask me not to do something explicitly, I will not do. Okay. I, I am explicitly asking you if... If we come out of this deal unhappy, you just have to let it go. I will let it go. Thank you. So some time passes and you're basically like out of the loop for a little while. Yeah, I'm not the kind of person that's going to fucking bother Emery every day. Hey, did you talk yet? Do we have a deal yet? Can we go to McDonald's? <laughs> we have food at home. But, you know, a few days later, a week, Emery sends you a text message saying, I've worked it out with Jacobson. You and Blackbird are fine. I respond, I don't give a thumbs up because I'm not Grant, but I just go, all right, next time I am down there in person, I'm well, no, I'll be down there in person later today, and you can fill me in on the details. Mm-hmm. When you do, Emery, like, outlines over lunch that they did manage to work out, like... Uh... They lost in square mileage, but not by so much. You've got a region, and they pull out a map. There's basically kind of a, a wonky rectangle drawn by the 10 freeway, the 111, the 74, and the 243 that encompasses all of Mount San Jacinto and some of Mount Santa Rosa. All right, so that's what we got then? Yeah, that's, um, that's ours. Cool. All right. That's not, that's pretty good. Like, as far as things go, right? Yeah, it, um, yeah, they, they definitely came out on top, but that's, I think that's, a, that's a, that's a bigger, like, dedicated chunk of land that's just ours to handle than maybe any other uh, cell in the country. Well, we do good work and we've 
got a good person in charge. I do my best. I just wish I could have gotten more. That's um gonna miss going up to Crestline. It's uh, it's nice working up there. The whole secret society I had going. I'm gonna have to tell them that it's not happening anymore. <sighs> well, maybe it's not forever. I'll see. I'll see for now. Yeah. So, Roxanne. Yes? You mean Amelia? Right. Gonna have to get used to that. Yeah. So, Amelia, your, uh, your first lead didn't pan out, but you gotta deal with that rift at some point. Somehow. Yeah. I was honestly hoping I'd be farther along than this by now. You know who... I can probably ask about... Oh, you know who I should have asked? Hmm? The person who literally said, we can work on that some other time. I'm gonna go <laughs> ask Notcher. Yeah, alright. Like, there's a moment where Amelia is sitting in her house. She probably bugged Steiner to, like, to install some way of turning ambient mana into electricity just so she could charge her phone and things like that. Mm-hmm. He, he literally has that. Yes, that's the thing he has. Just, you know, put it here, please. But also mostly just because there's one show on TV that she likes. She hasn't watched TV <laughs> in years until until she moved to uh, the SoCal headquarters. Look, I can't help it. I'm just really into this medical drama. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's so inaccurate, but I love it. Anyway. Um, it hits like a fucking lightning bolt. Oh, fuck, why haven't I just gone to Notcher about this? God damn it. (laughs) I'm so stupid. And just poof, out of the sofa, into Elysium. There's a very practiced move where she teleports from a sitting position to be standing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like walks in the front door, heads over to where Notcher usually is, waits patiently for Notcher to not be busy because Notcher's probably busy. They're in conversation with another angel. It only lasts a moment longer because they notice you. Their head kind of turns a little bit in a way that's probably extremely performative. Whatever. But they turn back to the angel they were speaking to and the conversation wraps up after just a minute and then the angel turns and vanishes in the same kind of way you do. Oh, neat. And then Nacha rotates in the air to you and floats over. Hello. How have you been? I've been well, sort of. Ah, I should ask, by the way, real quick, has Amelia been back to Elysium since integration? Um, you know what? I'm just going to say once again, she's just been so busy that she hasn't even thought about it. Like, okay. 
she's she's just been way busy. And so I was like, oh, I should go, but uh, I'd really just like to get some sleep. Okay, okay. You look tired, a little haggard, but better than when we last saw you. <sighs> yeah, uh, sorry about that. I've been burning the candles, at, the candle at both ends, if you recognize that idiom. We do. Naturally. Uh... Uh, just been all over the place, uh, settling things with my sisters. Ah, uh, by the way, I changed my name, my legal name. It's Amelia now. Decide, we all decided, uh, kind of collectively, that nobody, if one person can't be, if they, we all can't be Roxanne, then nobody should be Roxanne. So I'm Amelia. And you've probably spoken to Iris already. No, neither of them have been here to speak to us. Oh, I thought she had been visiting. Oh, I guess I can sort of understand why. Anyway, anyway, Amelia, Iris, the the red one is Iris, and the blue one is Jane. Understood. We will amend our knowledge. You are correct. Iris did come once, but only the once, towards the beginning. Well, I would have come sooner if I'd known that she hadn't been visiting. It is fine. We have been quite busy ourselves. (laughs) I can imagine. (sighs) I am afraid this isn't just a social visit. I. In, I think both timelines, we spoke about, you had said something, and I had guessed it had been related to the hole over San Bernardino. And I had been trying to figure out fixing that. You had mentioned that you could figure it out, or there is a way that you knew, or something to that degree. And it had just slipped my mind until just now to ask you. We have hypothesized many times about how we would accomplish this. However, up until very recently, our focus has been quite singular. We've never had the freedom to investigate, pursue any of these hypotheses. Well, uh, I mean, I've can't promise to do it right this second, but I've got break eventually. And I'm itching to get to work. I've kind of been stalled out so far as to where to even begin. I haven't wanted to bother Adel about it because, well, he's recovering, you know? I don't want to bother a sick man about how to fix, how to solve such a huge problem. We do believe they would be a good resource if you could bring yourself to question them. Or perhaps we could do it in your stead. We do have access to the center. Apparently everyone does except me. (sighs) Direct access, I mean. Um, Yeah, the other reason is just... 
Well, I, I only go visit once a month to see Jane. Is she well? Oh. Um, she seems... Gosh. I'm not sure how much is fair for me to tell you and how much is... I really know, but she seems... She's healthy. She just seems to be enjoying... Nobody bothering her, I guess. Or nobody expecting anything of her at the moment. We understand. Yeah. And Iris is still doing well. She's kind of taken up doing... Uh, sort of what I was doing. I sort of stepped back my job a little bit for the Ravens to pursue uh, other things. Yes, we have much greater ability to observe Iris than Jane. Mm. We believed it was prudent, given her origins and the conflict she may be experiencing as a result of it, to observe her discreetly, unobtrusively, at least for a while. Right. Um, not to cut to the chase, but you had some theories, though. Yes, of course. Our primary theory involves a temporal factor. The wound between dimensions has been closing over time. Have you observed it directly? I can't really see it directly. I'm not, I don't have a Box and eye, that's what it was. Yes. We will teach you before you leave how to observe it. The wound is presently only about a hundred feet in length. Ah. As we are sure you are aware, the worm is presently eight times that in diameter. Okay. And in fact, it's true size is even greater still. Part of its ceiling involved compressing it, making it a size that could be forced underground without significant tectonic destruction. Right. It was originally approximately 5,000 feet in diameter. Wow and the wound torn between the cleansing planes and earth matched and through no work of any conscious being it has closed over the past 5100 years to a mere 100 feet huh is it the same for the other two holes that exist the other two are much newer. 
so we do not have a sufficient time scale by which to judge them. That's fair. This is part of the reason we were so keen to acquire the timepiece. If it is true that the rifts are healing naturally, it may be possible to accelerate them temporally, such that they shut mend on their own in a much more reasonable time scale. No, that, that checks out, definitely. And, well, we have the timepiece, don't we? We do. And now Kovia has been working nonstop and becoming adept at its use. Another one of our hypotheses is that, given this mending property, there is a a self-evident healing factor present in the boundary between dimensions. We believe that this healing could be augmented in the same way that any other form of healing could be. Naturally, such things as poultices and ointments would be impractical. But our speech can be used to mend, to accelerate mending. Okay. Okay, okay. Hmm. That makes me curious, though. If these holes close on their own, even, like, over such a large span of time... What keeps things like holes in, like the tiny holes into the Feywilds open then? Why don't those just basically just force themselves shut eventually? We are only aware of one such persistent rift, and it is artificially generated by Edwin Steiner. I guess I was just under the impression that they stayed open if you left them like that. Rifts are formed to facilitate transportation between the two worlds, but otherwise, no. They do not occur especially naturally. Alright. Well, if, theoretically, if the healing of it could be sped up, do you think it would have to be from a particular side? We do not believe so, no. It would perhaps be easier from the side of the Cleansing Plains, as that was the side where the wound originated from. But we cannot think of a good reason why that would not simply aid the process rather than make it possible at all. Right. I'm just thinking that it seems like it'd be a lot easier to close the hole if I'm not also fighting for my life. We agree. I believe that it would be best pursued from Earth. So that's the considerably safer side. Just a little bit. <laughs> 
Ah, so... Then... Theoretically, and I'm just being, uh... Hyperbolic, I guess, here. Or not hyperbolic, uh... The opposite. The one where you downplay something. Reductive. Perhaps I'm being a bit reductive here. Could I theoretically just walk out into the San Bernardino desert and speak the hole closed? Or closed more? Because I, you know, it doesn't have to happen immediately. I'm perfectly fine with it being a thing I have to do over time. Do you imagine? That would be possible. We do not know if you, despite the considerable skill and power that you possess, would be able to affect noticeable change on a reasonable time scale on your own. Then, do you suppose I could get some help? They give you a kind of soft smile. A very large portion of Elysium is presently sitting idle. Well, you know, I've got some work they might, uh, like to get up to if they're feeling particularly bored. We all long for something to do right now while we wait for the machine to begin spinning again. Well, I imagine it also wouldn't hurt making things a bit easier if we remove a major variable from the calculus. If there's not a hole over San Bernardino, there's a lot less things to keep track of coming in and out. The effect would cascade, yes. Our attention, the number of things we would need to keep our attention on would first decrease due to the lessened number of nightmares crossing between realms. And then further still, as the Sultan, who would be relieved of duty, could turn their attention elsewhere, make our job easier yet further by even more lessening the things that come through. Well then, uh... Where should we start? I mean, San Bernardino, obviously. I don't think we're going to go to Germany. Uh, but I'm eager to get started if you are. We will gather up our numbers. <sighs> yeah. I'm so excited. And they do exactly that immediately. They turn 180 degrees and they sort of tip their head up towards the vague heavens and they say gather here and all the angels as one just apparate into the central chamber of the grand cathedral filling the walls there's a moment where your heart jumps as you remember the last fight here where you faced down all of them in order to break into Notcher but this time, it's all relaxed, and you are united in purpose, so that jump only lasts an instant. And Nacho turns back around to you, 
pulls their hood down. Some of these will need to be devoted to keeping attention off of such a congregation. A very large portion are at our disposal. And you can just kind of tell our is not like them talking about themselves. It's them talking about the two of you. Ah. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, I'm almost at a loss as to where to start. Geographically, I don't really know where the hole is other than over San Bernardino. We will direct the movement then to begin. Yes, uh, you've got a lot more experience managing crowds than I do. They turn and issue some orders to the congregation. Some of the angels like, spread out to kind of halfway phase through the walls and others sort of compact in and it starts to feel maybe a little bit claustrophobic and you can feel a, a much more advanced, much more primal version of the somebody else's business field start to build around the entire group. We're all encased in its directive. And then Notcher speaks again in true speech, and this time it's a an imperative to move, to relocate. It tugs on you as well. I mean, if we're all going the same place, I, I'll go with the flow. Okay. You find yourself whisked away in a way that feels very reminiscent of your teleportation, but is subtly different. And you recognize the quality of the air and the sounds of the Southern California high desert. And the angels all spread out, and it doesn't feel quite so claustrophobic anymore, and they all kind of turn in one direction towards something you can't see. And then Notcher floats up a little bit so their head is level with yours, and they kind of slowly, gently reach around and touch you on the back of the head. Like, move your head again slowly, gently, to point it at something, and then they speak again. Open your eyes. And that's both figurative and literal. The extra eyes that you kept in your first self-directed transformation open up on your forehead and through them you can see the rift. An ugly, gnarled, blackened, putrid tear in space between the two sides. And you can see clean through to the other side. You can see Sultan Jimu fighting tirelessly, holding the horde of nightmares at bay, failing still occasionally one slips through something roughly man-shaped but large and bulky and long wicked fingers and it steps through and starts to fall to the ground and then you can feel Notcher next to you like build up a bit of power 
and you can sense a little bit of annoyance with them. They issue a kill command in true speech and like five angels all break off from the group and tear it to shreds before it hits the ground. Oof. And they take their hand off the back of your head and turn fully to you. The floor is yours, Amelia. Well, I'm not really sure what to say then, but uh, I speak up, not in true speech, just loud so that everyone can hear me. I say, thank you, all of you, for being here. I know it is a little bit odd for me to thank you for something you didn't, you don't really have much of a choice in, but I appreciate all of you for being here. I don't, I don't really know how to work groups of mat of in groups like this. It's I'm more of a working in groups of solos kind of person. So I guess I'm simply going to ask that you follow my lead here. I look over to Notcher and I go, is there something I'm missing here kind of thing? You can hear from the congregation a chorus of assent. Everybody is behind you. Everybody is in agreement. And as you turn and phrase your question to Notcher. No, we will all speak with you as one. All right, then. Well, before I immediately start casting or anything like that, I, without the sort of imperative nature of actual casting of true speech, I start with what I want. I, I say basically in true speech, to keep those that live here safe from those that live outside of it to heal this hole, to mend the tear, and all of that. Well, I don't say and all of that, but you know, I'm kind of like, I am infusing my will into what I'm saying by saying what my intent is by doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. I say that loudly, but not imperatively, so that everybody knows where we are going, what we're doing, I guess. And then the next time I speak up, it is, I am going to cast this, please follow along. And uh, I start casting. Okay. Do you want me to roll? You know, the other two both did something really big and circumstances allowed it that I didn't make them roll for it. All right. And I think you here, having clarity of purpose, focus of will, and a sea of actors designed by Adel and Meza together, 
all working together in a united purpose behind you is exactly the kind of circumstance where we don't need to put this to a roll. I didn't think so, but I thought I would ask. You turn to the rift, you fill your lungs with air, and you fill your body with power. And you put your intent in your throat, and you speak it aloud into the world as truth. And a deafening chorus from all sides joins you in the affirmation of the correctness of your assertions. Your ears pop physically and also metaphysically with the sheer volume of speech that rips through the air of the Southern California high desert. And all at once, all of this intent coalesces on the tear between the cleansing plains and earth. And the universe agrees, both of them agree. Yes, you're correct. This should happen. And the mending that has been going on for the past 5,100 years. 5,126 and a change. Ever so slowly, iota by iota, now accelerates all at once. edges of the tear untwist rapidly and then collapse inward. The moment that the edges hit each other, there is a visible ripple across the sky as space undulates under the force of the impact of the edges of the tear slamming into each other. And then you can see it's coming together. Again, iota by iota. Just knitting this seam shut. And before your very eyes, the sky is made empty. And then the moment the last bit fills in, the moment the wound is fully closed, you feel something else happen. Something behind you, but also to a lesser extent in front of you, to your left and right, but in the greatest number immediately behind you, something rolls up your body. All your hair stands on end. The system of magic inside you that feels when power moves about panics a little bit as something is happening some great movement is occurring. That's weird. And Notcher, more forcefully than they've been in a while, reaches out and, like, around you, grabs the wrist that's farthest away from them and pulls it so you turn around. And 
your opened eyes can see it. Grant told you about this ages ago. That the desert was full of ghosts, and now you can see he undersold it. With your eyes fully opened, able to see everything he could see, it's its like there was snow. It's like there was a blizzard up here in the desert. The ground is coated in a kind of strange gray. But it's fading. It's rolling away, dissipating, coming towards you. Until the numbers get so few that you can make out individual bodies. Ghosts. have been here the whole time. Until there's just the one. One particularly old-looking man in elegant, ornate robes. Empty eyes, weathered skin, and just the most painful relief on his face. And then he's gone. I... You know, I've been so focused. I'm saying this to Notcher, but also just in general. I've been so focused on why I wanted this to happen. You know, keeping Emery and Magpie and the other Ravens safe, protecting San Bernardino. Just all of these reasons that I never really stopped to consider just that all of these ghosts were like still here I knew they were here Grant had told me they were here and they were just here the whole time I wonder what I guess that just makes it all the more imperative that we fix the other two can't just leave all these people sitting here waiting to pass on like this. You have done a great thing for a great number today. Yeah, all of us have. I don't think it'll be so easy the next time, but we have a start and we We have one success under our belts. It will be easier and more complicated for the one in Germany. It will be more difficult. The last. But you have opened the way now. It can be done this way. Yeah. We can do it this way. It may take some time, but things do eventually get fixed if you put your mind to fixing them.
So, Roxanne. I damn it, I did it again. So, Amelia. It's okay, it's only been one day. <laughs> Actually, not even one day. Less than six hours. Anyway, so. So, I do believe you just upheld your end of the bargain. One third of it, at least. You didn't really promise anything about the other two. Just the one. Didn't I? Uh, it was implied, but... I implied I would do it at the very least. Let's go with that. I'm still going to do the other ones. It's just, this is the trade that we made, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I have a lot of people I have to tell about this now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um... Where do you start? Oh, well, I think the first people that need to know are Emery and Magpie. Everybody in the house, basically. Yeah. Everybody is super pleased about it. Iris just fucking whoops. Because she's been up there enough times that she's just fucking sick of it. And the fact that you all can, like actually make progress that's gonna matter now that that flood is stopped and you can drain this swamp that feels real good to her but it's uh it's Emery and Maggie who feel it the most and they like they immediately start crying and they both just like rush in both grab you super tight Emery gives you just, like, a big old kiss on the forehead and thanks you through their tears. I... <sighs> it had to happen. It just... It had to get done. And I'm not going to cry. Iris walks over and just, like, gives you a tap on the arm. It's fine to cry. No, I'm not going to cry, because I have to go talk to the Sultans next, and I don't want to cry in front of the Sultans, okay? I can cry later. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Look, it's fine, okay? <sighs> I guess it's okay to cry. It's done. It's done. I can't believe it's done. Yeah, I don't really know what to say either. They both just hold you so tight. But eventually the crying does have to stop. Yeah, eventually at some point Amelia is just going to pull herself together enough to at least, you know, text Grant and Signer and say, I keep my promises whole one of three down. <laughs> one of three holes closed. <laughs> one of three holes contemplated. <laughs> one of three holes conquered. So next thing I need to do 
So I need to go tell the Sultans that it's done. They probably know, but I'm just going to tell them as a formality. And then uh, I gotta go talk to some witches. Uh, well, you, uh, you kind of get preempted a bit. Does a letter come to me? No. You can head to the Deadlands, make your way into the palace. You don't have to go through the... Well, I say you don't have to. You don't go through the people entrance, the, the smaller one. You don't go through the little Disney door. The great front door that Catherine marches her elephants through is open. And standing in that doorway are two of the sultans. One of them is Sultan Jimu. Still very obviously armed his gigantic great bow slung around his shoulders and a sword sheathed at his hip. And next to him is Cyrus II. Comparatively smaller man, but no less regal and no less emanative of power. Like the moment you appear in, you feel their gazes move to you. I wave congenially. Jimu stands at attention, stoic. Cyrus waves back equally as genially. <laughs> I guess I just, I walk over <laughs> and I say, it's nice to see you under better circumstances. It is nice to finally be under better circumstances. Cyrus smiles at you wide and open. So then that was your work. Uh, in a manner of speaking, yes. I have a lot of friends that helped me a lot, helped me out with it. But yes, we got it done. Well done, then. Could I ask how you accomplished it? We would like to close the other two, if it is within our power. I, I basically give him the true speech equivalent of, uh, say, habla espanol. <laughs> the both of them wince, like visibly. Ah, I'm sorry. I think it's going to. I can explain the theory, but I think this is. I don't think you're going to be able to employ my exact methods. Unfortunate, but so long as there exists those who are able to repair the others and intend to do so. We are willing to relinquish our agency in this matter. I'm more than willing to help. Oh, good. So, you have certainly upheld your half of our deal. Yes, I... I almost can't believe it's happening, but yes. We can scarcely believe it ourselves. Come, all available have gathered. Cyrus motions into the palace. 
I follow along. Three of you can head in to the throne room. And indeed, everybody except Osmond and Zechan are present. Osmond, obviously, working the Germany rift, and Zechan, where she always is, above Chernobyl. Everybody else is up on their thrones, and the coven is congregated at ground level. Your footsteps announce your presence, and before anything else, you become alerted to the witches being here by Hildy calling you by your old name from across the room and her little footsteps just puttering across the ground at high speed towards you. I do one of those things where I pick her up as soon as she gets close to me and we do like a spin. <laughs> she giggles. I don't bother to explain the name thing right this second. I figure I'll get to it eventually. Okay. But you finish spinning her. She kind of leans forward a bit and hugs you as best she can. And then she leans back. They're saying we get to leave? That was the deal. She twists in your arms a bit to look at the rest of them. I set her down so she doesn't fall out of my grip. <laughs> She takes you by the hand and leads you over to the coven as Jimu and Cyrus make their ways over to their thrones and leap up to be sitting upon them. Margaret, of course, comes out in front. So this is happening. Unless somebody decides to... I would never deign to suggest a thing, but... If the Sultans are still prepared to keep up their end of the deal, it's happening. I don't know what we're gonna do. Well, I This I'm... wasn't something any of us had ever planned for. I mean, you got a lot of time to figure it out, but also, like, it's a whole different world, you know? Things are different, and, uh... No matter what, you've got some time. You're going to need some time to adjust and figure things out. So you don't have to have any plans just yet. <sighs> all right. And then all the others converge around you. Phoebe takes you by a hand and gives you a, you know, a firm grandmotherly squeeze thanks you for all the, the hard work you must have put in to make this happen. It's no trouble at all. Ursula you know, puts a hand on your shoulder, comments, you know, you've certainly grown into somebody who could do a thing like this. I just did what I felt like I had to do, and I wanted to do something nice for you all. You helped me. Everyone here helped so much, and I didn't want to... I don't know. I didn't want to leave things the way they were. Agnes steps up, gives you a, a big old smile. I mean, I hope you don't mind, but I'm probably going to use this 
as an opportunity to come bother you about self-magic a lot. Between the... Between what Grant's done, I don't know if he's told you. No, Grant tells me very little nowadays, and I don't see him every day. Okay. Well, uh, he did... He accidentally did something I've been theorizing about for about two centuries. So I'm mad at him. No, that sounds that sounds incredibly correct. <sighs> Grant Harrison does something amazing and does it in the rudest way possible. I'm going to need to come bother him so I can examine him a lot. And you're a pretty quick study and you have some really good ideas and I'd like to have you on board if you're interested. Ah. Uh- I can't promise to always be available. I am a very busy person these days, but, uh, well, I have one less thing I'm worried about right this second. And Gwendolyn just kind of, like, awkwardly steps in. She very obviously, like, doesn't quite know what to say, and she just kind of stammers out, like, um, uh, thanks for all this. Uh, um, no problem, you know? <sighs> yeah. Tucks her hair behind an ear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just it's so fucking funny to me. <sighs> <sighs> then from up on the throne... Sultan Cyrus II clears his throat to get your collective attention. I accidentally, like, stand rod still and salute like I'm a fucking boot camp or something. Just because I'm so awkward and flustered. (laughs) Don't know where that came from. I wasn't in ROTC. You're beckoned over to stand in front of the thrones and the witches all as well. Cyrus decrees from on high. No, we fully intend to keep to our word. However, we feel we may have misled you, and so we would like to expand our repayment if you deem it necessary. True necromancy. The ability to fully restore the dead to life. The ability to remove the grasp of death from the dead. That is an ability that has been denied to all of us, intentionally, by the one who placed us in this position, so that we would not feel tempted to restore those we had personal attachments to, to give them an undue amount of time with the living. So we cannot restore any of you to life. All we are able to do is to offer you full and complete amnesty from our jurisdiction. You may leave, and you will not be pursued by us or anything created by us. Just going to have to find another way to solve that problem, then. Uh, no, I, I... I think 
I say this, trying, making sure I'm not speaking over anyone else. This is about the answer that I expected. And it's... For me, it is payment enough. I've certainly solved enough problems on my own. Well, with the help of others. And I will still offer what help I can I can to sealing the other holes in the Deadlands. Uh, but I guess before we go forward, is everyone... I look over to the coven. Is everyone okay with what's going on for now? There's some, like, visible disappointment on some of their faces. Phoebe looks placid and understanding, as you would expect of her. Margaret's got a look on her face that says, I'm unhappy with this, but honestly, I didn't expect anything more from you people. And she just kind of folds her arms across her chest and cocks a hip, cocks her head. You know what? It's less than we would have liked, but we've been making do for a long time as we are, and it's a very wide world out there. We'll get the rest of it figured out on our own. Then I think we're all square then. Or I mean, I think we're good. Ah, uh, sorry. I don't know how well that idiom comes across when uh, most of you have been dead for at least 300 years. We have enough ghosts who speak modern slang come through. We are current. Idiom. Slang. That's the word. <sighs> Is there anything special that needs to happen, or are we just allowed to leave then? Arthur is the one who answers. No, that is all. No further ceremony is required. Be well, all of you. And Cyrus leaps off of his throne, lands at ground level gracefully, much less of a great booming thud as some of the others. And he just reaches out and touches a point in space with his pointer finger. And there's some obvious effort on his part. This is not something that is meant to be simple. <laughs> he drags it down and a rift, unlike the one that you closed. The edges of this one aren't putrid. It's an unfolding that is clean, even as it is difficult to make. Opens up and there's just a hole in space to it's not HQ it's it's somewhere up in the mountains somewhere I thought it was going to be the bridge it's definitely not the bridge it just seems to be somewhere out of the way well then oh hold on which mountain is this <laughs> you won't know until you go through, but this is San Antonio. So this is west of the 15. You're within bounds. Okay, good. Just checking. I, I would definitely go through first and just be like, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to make sure that this is a space that I'm allowed to be in first. 
I promised Emery I wouldn't do I wouldn't cause any trouble. Is the thing. And I try to keep my promises. Yeah, you can confirm that this is legal territory, and then the rest of the witches can come through. Cool, 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 cool. There, there's a bit of work getting everybody back to HQ. You know, you just have to do some teleporting. It's pretty simple. And there's a pretty joyous reunion. Everybody is very surprised at how big Maggie has gotten since they last saw her. You know, she's been growing up and there have been the yearly visits, so they've they've seen her get bigger, but it's still like the entire time we've known you, you've been this tiny thing, and we have seen you twice since you got up into your 20s, and it's still a shock to see. Well, they've got all the time in the world to figure it out now. Yeah, they do. And they do post up here at HQ for a bit. You know, you live elsewhere, so your room is empty. So there's two bedrooms. Well, no, because Iris is living in the downstairs bedroom. So there's, you know, it's a bit cramped. Or our worst in Steiner's old house. Yes, you're correct. She does have her own apartment. So there's two empty bedrooms now. The one that you created downstairs and then the one you used to occupy upstairs. So, you know, a couple up there, a couple down here. Margaret will take the couch because she is a bad bitch who don't need a comfortable bed. I, I make an offer and say like, hey, I have a place up in the mountains. There is a free... I do have a guest bedroom that somebody can use. It's a little ways, a little out of the way, so I understand if y'all are uncomfortable about being separated. But if you need, a, if you want to stay somewhere for a little while, you got it exactly. This is such a radical change to their life that they're they're a bit clingy with each other. Naturally. But then, after a couple of weeks, you know, as it's getting into like. Late October. Margaret says that they're gonna they're gonna go for a bit. They'll be back. You know, they this has kind of been their like locus in the world of living for so long that they wanna get started here before they really like start their lives. But there's apparently a seventh member of the coven, she tells you. And Emery and Magpie like immediately understand who she's talking about, but she lets you know there was a seventh in Salem, a woman by the name of Dora, who managed to survive. And she's still alive and she's living in Salem. Damn. So she wants to go see her old friend. You know, touch base, announce that she's back in the world of the living to stay. We're all still dead, but... Working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. We can see each other now. So they all, you know, wait for the dead of night when they can fly without being spotted. 
Oh, they're all going? Okay. Yeah, everybody's going. Okay. It's not tearful goodbyes, because they are all going to be coming back. Of course. But there is, like, some, some fond... See you in a couple months, probably. Yeah. Then... They'll lift off and are gone. They're gone from your life for... Just that, a couple months. You, uh... You know, between, like, late October and the end of the year, you get up to anything in particular? Well, I mean, Halloween is Halloween. Halloween is Halloween. Grant doesn't show up this time. Right. Whatever, we... They can handle it. Yeah. Alyssa's there. Iris is there. Emery calls Steiner out for this one, so you get all of his ridiculous gadgets and impossible sword on the case. Yeah. Look, there are at least the same amount of Harrisons there were last time. (laughs) Altogether, a much smoother Halloween than the last one. And the one before that. Who even knows what happened that time? (laughs) But then... A couple days... After... Christmas. Emery sends you a text message saying we've got visitors and one would like to come up to where you are. What sort of protocols need to happen? Um, I mean, if they visitors, um, (laughs) I basically send back as long as they're DHEA, it doesn't really matter. Uh, As long as they're not DHEA, I mean doesn't matter. Otherwise, if they know the if they know how to get to the spot, they can get through the wards just fine. Which and I then I reply back, would it be easier if I just came and got them? There's like a couple of minutes delay. <laughs> also in the meantime I go, by the way, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's Gwendolyn. Oh. Okay. Oh. Did I get a response back that it is Wendelin? Yes. <laughs> there is finally a. I send back another reply and I say, Emery, I need you to stall. I need to clean. <laughs> uh. I will make it as difficult as possible to convey your location. Oh my god. There is a running through the house picking up clothes. Uh, turns out you turn into kind of a slob when you live by yourself in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are takeout boxes that are basically bodily teleported to a dumpster that I happen to know is kind of like unattended usually I thought you were just going to yell them out of existence no 
It's really hard to destroy matter. Ah, <laughs> uh, there is this comical moment where I'm lecturing Ankora to be very good. And uh, the lizard's name is... It's Rubato. Rubato is another musical term, in the case the player may appropriately speed up and slow down the tempo as desired. Okay, okay. Rubato. Or I'm lecturing Ankora and Rubato as if they understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, they're both pretty smart. I go, okay, I need to be on your best behavior. <laughs> Especially you, and I point at Ankora. No knocking things off of the not knocking things over this time. And I know you're the one that's, that accidentally knocked that cupboard door off. Don't look at me like that. I know it was you be because Roboto's not big enough to do it yet. She looks appropriately chastised. <sighs> I can't stay mad. Just don't embarrass me, please. Your phone dings. Uh, what does my phone say? It's just a single word text message from Emery incoming. Fuck, I go outside. <laughs> you feel her coming before you see her, which is not hard because it's the middle of the night. She's traveling by night so as not to be seen. Yeah, I, uh, I'm standing outside of my, like... God damn it. You know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking mad about this. I want you to realize. Uh-huh. I just realized that I've turned Roxanne into a cottagecore lesbian. <laughs> right, Amelia? Yeah, I'm doing it too. My condolences. I have a fucking garden. I have I keep strange and exotic pets. I live in the forest. Ah, uh, and a witch is coming to visit. <laughs> oh goodness. Best ending for Amelia, honestly. <laughs> Fully self-actualized to this moment. <laughs> The nice thing about living in the forest is nobody hears you play guitar really loud. <laughs> Although every once in a, every now and again, when she ventures down to like a diner in a nearby town, she hears like a visitor going like, "Oh man, have you heard about the guitar ghost? You heard about the, the phantom <laughs> rocker?" Yeah, man. So, okay, anyway, I'm not gonna get, keep this bit going. Okay. Eventually, you do see her against the night sky just barely it's more her hair than anything else that you can see she drifts down her feet you know the the balls of her feet touch the ground first and then she lowers down onto her heels kind of takes off her hat and swishes it out a little bit before putting it back on walks over to you messes with her hair a little bit. Uh... Hi. Uh, hi. Um... I 
welcome to my, uh, hold on, we need to step, like, you can probably see it, I just realized, since you're, like, a witch, but, yes, uh, welcome to my house. Mm-hmm. I was, um, told you had a, a nice little place up here by yourself. Yeah, uh, I keep some... I, I keep some magical animals, and I needed to relocate to keep them uh, healthy. And it's out of the way, and I can keep an eye on a friend of mine who lives up here. But, uh, uh come in. Or let me turn around. And, uh, whatever you want to do. She'll just kind of follow you around. Like, oh, here's my garden. Uh, here's my greenhouse where I keep my fey plants. Don't tell Emery I have these. She has kind of a wobbly smile on her face and her eyes are sparkling. Oh, no, I hate this. I'm being charmed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to do a lot of work to actually get these here and not uh, get in trouble with somebody. And here's the house. Uh, come, come in. There's not really actually a whole lot of stuff I do outside. Follows you inside. Um. And speaking of magical animals... Look at you! Comes over, completely misses grabbing Ankora's face, and looks uh, very confused. Yeah, that's Ankora. Uh, Displacer Beast. Uh, over to the left a little bit. Hold on. I walk over and I pick up Ankora. She kind of, like, gingerly feels out the little cat in your arms, eventually finds the head. She, she looks, like, a bit confused, but she's rolling with it. Uh, let's see. Yes, this is Ankora. Ankora, be nice. Watch out for the, uh, the tentacles. They're getting a little sharp as she gets older. Is, is there a trick to knowing where she is? Oh, um... Not really. I just kind of know how she operates, so I can usually guess where she's at. Oh. You just okay. you just see where she's at somewhere else, and you know she's a little bit in a different spot. But I know where she likes to sit, so. Uh, okay. I mean, I've had her for like two years. No, more than that. And then my little Ruby, Rubato, I p and uh, Amelia picks up the lizard. A little less cuddly, but still pretty cute, I think. Oh, I like the little frills. She kind of fingers them a bit. Yeah. Ah. I have no clue what kind of creature. Uh, I have no clue what kind of creature they are. Um, I just kind of had to adopt after 
Uh, well, I don't want to talk about it. But anyway. Gwen leans in and sniffs at Trubato a bit. Hmm. Well, smells like fairies. Also like trees. Yeah. Uh, Faye, definitely, I'm, we're pretty sure. You can smell fairies? Kinda. I guess I've never really thought about what fairies smell like. I've always been more of a eyesight person. Like, or rub one of my uh, secret eyes that I kind of just keep closed on reflex, but open up. Now that I realize, oh wait, I'm home. I don't need to keep my eyes shut. Well, that's really pretty. Uh, thank you. I kept them when I had to do all the... Um, I'm sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there. It's, it's okay. Uh, yeah. She kind of pets at her own face a little bit. Um, I offer you something to eat, but, uh, no, wait, obviously. Would you like something to eat? Um, pl- uh, yeah, please. Uh, Emery has been on my case to eat out less because of uh, kind of unhealthy and teleporting down to Southern California, down to uh, from the mountain is kind of a pain in the butt to do for just for dinner. So I've been teaching myself to do some real cooking. I've watched Emery do it well enough. Do you have any... It feels really weird to ask you this. Do you have any allergies? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what Amelia would make. Probably a pasta. Pastas are easy to make. That's fine. Not spaghetti. That's a different character. <laughs> Baked ziti. Because it makes good leftovers. Oh, hell yeah. Gwendolyn will keep the animals entertained while you cook. Ah, uh, so what, well, um, how was Salem? I feel like I haven't really spoken to you since he got back. Hmm. Um, <laughs> weird. There's, um, Dora is in a bit of a weird way. She, the way she got away when everything um, happened, uh, she turned herself into a cat, but she uh, messed up the spell, or, or rather she didn't account for the fact that the way to turn herself back would require uh, human hands. So she's stuck. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah, and like, none of us can help her because her witchcraft is like real particular to her. And so like, she needs her own magic to undo the spell. So it's, she's just this cute little white cat with a little pink collar. Okay, I have to ask. Is she the type that gets really annoyed if you, like, 
treat her like a cat. Oh, exceptionally. Yeah, okay, okay. That does not surprise me in the slightest. And then she, she's she got a team too. She's head of the Salem Ravens. And they're the weirdest people I've ever met. They can't be that weird. So I learned a new word while I was over there. I'm afraid to ask, but okay, what's the word? Luchador. No. No, 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 no. I don't believe you. There's definitely not a luchador in Salem. There definitely is. Okay. Okay. There's also some kind of manfish? Okay. Somehow that's le- that surprises me less than the luchador. You're right. Pretty weird team. They make it work somehow. I don't know how. I I understand the ravens are supposed to keep everything secret. I, I don't know how they manage it. I mean, I, I guess when it's Salem, people just think it's some sort of gimmick. It's it's. Ah, uh, that's got to be weird for you being up there, because it's kind of like a tourist destination now. It's a bit weird, yeah. yeah. It was great to see Dora, but I'm not glad to be out of there. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I think in about ten minutes, the ZD should be done. It's... It, it, it takes longer than that, but I was mostly done with it already. I just had to check it when you got here. I thought it might be done by now. <sighs> it's, um... Pleasure to see you again, though. I... <sighs> you look a lot happier than any other time I've seen you. Oh my gosh, and you came here by yourself. Like, just you. Yeah, um, everything, everyone else is back over at Emery and Maggie's. Yeah, but that's, that's big. That's a lot, you spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think this is the furthest away I've physically been from uh, any of them in in the whole time since <laughs> since I died um you know, except when uh, you know, uh no actually I think that was it so I, I'm remembering the other times when you, you took Margaret to make things with her fire but that didn't happen this time that's, that's still really confusing yeah um Trust me, it's weirder for me. Cause mm. like, you got the memories, and but I got the the everything. Like, I am both of those Roxans. Like, mostly the Roxanne from this time, but also like a big chunk of me is the Roxanne from uh, the last timeline. 
And so what we did was we kind of had to lie to ourselves about uh, it's we needed to lie to ourselves about how to do the things we were doing because uh, it would get in the way of what we were trying to do. And I know that's kind of confusing to say like that, but I don't want to bore you with the details. I mean, I don't think we're going anywhere for a while. You could take your time, tell me the whole story if you want. Um, not tonight. Not tonight, if you don't want to. But, you know. No, um... I don't mind telling you. (laughs) I, uh... I mean, you came all this way to see... Um... Me, gosh. You came all this way. So... I don't mind... Sharing some of what's been going on with me. I think I like that. (sighs) Yeah. Um, so there's, um... So I, 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 I wanted to see you, but also I, I, I kind of had something in mind. Okay. Uh, when I came here, um, so I, I, I can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but, um, my parents ran a pharmacy. Okay. I, I think I vaguely recall something like this. Yeah. Um, and Emery has has mentioned that you aren't. She gives you a kind of like a little conspiratorial wink. Looking to start some kind of magical apothecary. Kind of type deal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of in the process of it right now. Mostly just... <sighs> oh, I kind of learned this from... a fae that uh, isn't here anymore in the past. Uh, time travel's kind of frustrating. So I'm... R- having to reteach myself what some of these herbs do because it's been long enough that they don't really exist anymore in the same form yeah so um she kind of rocks on her heels a little bit bites her lower lip I was just wondering if you had room for a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Um, I, like, you do plant magic, botany. That was the word. Uh, no, I'd absolutely love it. Uh, Are you, um, asking to, like, stay up here in the mountains where I'm keeping this greenhouse? I mean, if you have room for me. Sure. I mean, absolutely. 
I've got an extra room. Uh, I was keeping it as a guest room, but I can make another guest room. I'm getting pretty handy at this stuff. Turns out it's really hard to get a carpenter to come up here to a house that doesn't exist. Just kind of nods a few times and twiddles with her fingers a bit. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I... Well, welcome. Do you... I was about to ask if you had needed me to get anything. Like, bags or anything, but I guess you probably don't have a ton of, uh, luggage. I have... I, I have a bag. It's uh, it's back at Emery's. I'll have to fly back and get it. But no, nope. that's, that's okay. I can get it. I'm, no offense. I am a little bit faster than you. I mean, I don't doubt it. In fact, oh, I just realized it would be very rude of me to go into your room. Would you like me to just take you back there? Um. Oh, it's. I I think I left it in the living room. It's okay. I just pop out to, uh, I pop out, pop back in real quick, and I go, uh, make yourself at home, I'll be right back. Uh, because this is also, yeah. I pop back out to the SoCal headquarters. Mm -hmm. I'm probably extremely red in the face. No one else is present except Maggie. She was just, like, sitting at the kitchen table, like... Seems to be doing a little bit of paperwork. She loudly puts down her pen, puts an elbow up on the table, and like rests her chin on her hand and just kind of like looks at you. I came to get Gwendolyn's bag for her. Mm hmm. You know where she left it? She points with her other hand and there's this like triangular black bag right on the ground okay are you the only one here right now mm-hmm Maggie I don't know what I'm going to do that's fine she doesn't either yeah but she's like uh uh, eh, mm. This is gonna be weird. Okay, okay. I just, I'm gonna get used to it. I'm gonna be normal. She gets up from the table, walks over to you, puts two hands on your shoulders. Just go with it. Yeah. Okay. She leans in. <laughs> she leans in a bit. If it makes you feel any better, she is exactly as much of a mess as you. It's okay, I promise. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm gonna... Are my cheeks red? Oh, very. Oh, uh, okay, well, if I survive the first week, uh, I think I can manage. Good luck. Thanks. Where, where's everybody else, anyway? Oh, they wanted to go flying, and Margaret made Emery come along. 
Okay. So Margaret's definitely going to like do the thing where she threatens to like kill me if I ever break Gwendolyn's heart or whatever. That's a thing, right? That's a thing. I don't think Margaret's into that. Oh, okay. Like of all the things, right? For her? But no, I I think they've all been through enough. I'm pretty sure Margaret can Margaret believes Gwendolyn could handle it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not so stupid that I can't see what's going on. I'm not so oblivious, I mean. Amelia Harrison, breaking stereotypes. I, Amelia picks up the bag. Breaking some stereotypes. Teleport back to the house. <laughs> ah, sorry about that, I'm back. There's like an instant where you catch her with her face in her hat, and then the instant you make a noise, it whips back onto the top of her head. <laughs> um, sorry about that. I was just uh, talking to Magpie about some things. You know, just checking where everyone else went. I guess they went flying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let me show you to your room. If you're uh, ready, that is, like, I don't want to presume. Yeah, no. Please. Yeah, no problem. It's just through here. That door over there is my room. This one right here is was the guest room. It is now your room. And I flipped the light switch on. I don't know if the decor is suitably witchy for you. I was kind of just going for neutral. I can... Oh my gosh, I have a space to decorate. It's all yours. Thanks. Mikasa Etsukasa. My house is your house. Okay. I just realized that a witch that has been dead for several hundred years probably does not know very much Spanish. <laughs> so, um... Dinner? Dinner! Right! Uh... Amelia rushes out of the room to make sure that the food isn't burning. <laughs> it's not. Okay, good. Yeah, you know, I, I fish it out of the oven. It's baked ziti. It's not like in a special thing or anything. It's just transfer it over to... I just transfer... I just put some potholders. That's the word I was looking for. Under it. And put it on the little Lady Z Susan on the dinner table. And I put out the stuff where I go... I, I assume Gwendolyn has actually followed me by this point. Yeah. Uh, dinner served. Would you like a drink? Please. Do you have a preference? I'm... I do have some wine. It's not quite mold wine. I'd love some. Sure. I fetch drinks. Amelia drinks water. Mm. Gwendolyn will drink in moderation. <laughs> this time. 
this time. I mean, I can't really blame her for getting sloshed last time. I mean, if I only got to live in the uh, living world every once every year, I'd probably make the most of it, too. But now she's got time to savor it. Yeah, I, I don't think it would probably be the best wine out there. It's fine. She's happy to drink with you anyway. Uh, if you're going to be staying up here, I'm going to have to introduce you to Blackbird. Oh, is that the, the friend you said lives up here? Yes. Uh, he's, um... I don't know the right word for it, if you all had a different word for it. Basically, like a magic creature that's made entirely of magic. Not like any sort of biological part. Like a... came into being because of a bunch of magic in one place. The word we tend to use is tulpa. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, uh... Not actually black, but very bird-like. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Very friendly. Uh, probably asleep by now. It is dark. I am. Um, I'm sorry. I've been really flustered all night. I really wasn't expecting you to come visit. I hope I haven't made you feel, you know, awkward being here. <laughs> no, I. Just... Um, you're not the only one. Yeah, no, uh, I could tell we're both a little bit, uh, flustered. So I just wanted to, like, clear the air. We're both going to be up here living together. Um, wouldn't do for us to be so awkward around each other, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. Quick question, like out of character real quick. Mm-hmm. So, Gwendolyn's a ghost, right? Yes. How ghost-like does she look? Uh, less ghost-like than your average ghost. She's got that same quality all the other witches do, where she's holding real tight to her self all of her memories, her personality, her personhood. So she's more extant, more stable. She's able to eat and drink and experience taste. Right. But okay. she is still like, you know, her, you can tell that her hair is red and she's got like pale skin, but it's all kind of like off toned into ectoplasmic shades. Right, a little pale and a little discolored. Yeah, a little, you know, a little bit of grayish blue tint to everything. Right, gray and blue—the colors you use when you want to make something pale. In, that's some color theory for you. <laughs> well, I know you've got your bag, and I have no clue what's in it, but. Uh, maybe tomorrow, I was wondering, do you want to, we could, like, throw together some sort of illusion, and I could take you up to get some more permanent things for your room? Yeah, I'd like that a lot. <laughs> no offense, I don't think people would take too kindly to a ghost witch walking around. You could do one or the other, though. 
Yeah, we've we've had to be careful. It's been a bit inconvenient. Well, I mean, I don't want to talk shop, but I've been looking into it. I think I know a guy that can deal with the, the death part. It's more the bodies part, you know? Yeah. Turns out a lot of people that are capable of making new bodies are also complete freaks. And most, like, actual factual necromancers who are the whole package are kind of elusive. Hmm. But, um, I've made some progress. I know, I, I know a guy who knows a guy. Alright. <laughs> so, maybe someday soon can just go out normal and not have to worry about it. Yeah, that'd be the dream. Yeah. But, um, you know, un until then, she reaches across the table and takes her hands. I think I'm okay with whatever you can give me. Yeah. I've got a weird question. Is she wearing like real clothes then? Ghost clothes. Ghost clothes. This is probably the outfit she died in. That's awkward. I've got... The room is pretty well stocked. You know, it's got basically everything you could need from a room. Blankets, pillows. Um, I try to keep everything in stock in case I have a guest. Doesn't happen very often. Last guest was kind of rude. Didn't stay the night, thankfully. But now there's a more permanent resident. We're still gonna. We're probably going to need some real stuff. But that can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Once dinner's done, Amelia is just going to excuse herself to go to bed. Just with a, mm -hmm. if you need anything, let me know. Trust me, I don't, I don't mind being woken up. I had to share a room with Grant for most of my life. That's really unfortunate. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. He's a good brother, even if he's a bit of a, a weirdo. Can't imagine having anyone else. But, uh... Good night. Yeah, good night. She's just gonna kinda awkwardly shuffle off to her bedroom. Amelia plops down onto her bed once, like, the animals are situated. And just shoots off a text to Magpie that says, I'm going to die. Good night. Good night.